in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power Oranges lust and blues you can trust Indigos feel and white ones heal Yellow scare and green ones dare That sapphire love and black hands glove Will rock your foundation without hesitation Chad and Mars face evil's mind I'm Dan Kurtzke. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Myron Rubsey. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 280. That's right. State of the Green Lantern Union, Volume 2, colon, Emotional Spectrum? Nah, well, it's everything. I mean, we'll talk emotional spectrum. The Emotional Spectrum's colon. (laughs) It needs a lot of probing. (laughs) <laughs> hyphen Jim's laundry issue. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk emotional spectrum, but it's it's it it's bigger than that, people. It's just where we are, where we're going, and where we hope to go. <laughs> I get so emotional spectrum. <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess we're the plan is to handle this like we did last time. If you didn't join us last time, we're kind of breaking this up into not strict but rough three parts. Where we are now, where we are headed based on solicitations and maybe based on speculation of where we see uh, the current titles that we're reading going, and then where we would like to be. Um, I guess we'll be joined by somebody else a little later on. So he can insert his thoughts uh, all in there. <laughs> you shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um. Give, give him five minutes post-credits to just run through everything. <laughs> uh, but um, since uh, you guys presumably listened to the first volume of this uh, last year, we should probably uh, give a rundown of who's who. <laughs> Should we? Maybe? Yes? No? Or should we just assume everybody knows who Myron, Jim, and Dan are? My natural <laughs> response, minus any sarcasm, is to assume people know who we all are, but uh, but if, if we want Myron to speak, <laughs> since he's not usually on our show, that would make more sense. I'd like to think Jim and Dan literally, <laughs> they need no introduction, and, but <laughs> yeah. we might need introduction, but I don't think... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think I know who everybody is here, especially Brad over there. Thanks, buddy. That is your name, right, buddy? <laughs> God, buddy Lembe- Lembeck. Uh, how, how did we kick this off last time? Myron, tell the people who you are and why you're a big deal. Yes, that's what you did. 
I don't. Uh, first of all, I'm not a big deal, but whatever. Um, but uh, my name is Myron Rumsey. Well, I don't think so, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Myron Rumsey. I do a website called The Blog of Oa, and um, basically, kind of your brother in arms in Green Lantern podcasting with the podcast of Oa. There you go. Myron, so, sign my baby. One. <laughs> <laughs> Dan just made it creepy. And uh, so, moving on. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Now, the thought did occur to me that as we're talking about where we are, now I'm not saying we have to approach it this way, but the thought crossed my mind it might be beneficial if people wanted to maybe, like, like, like a guy. Guideline makes me think of Pirates of the Caribbean and the pirate code, and the code for some reason. No, not guidelines, um, but just like a prompt, which is maybe you, we could also look at it from the perspective of what we think has worked and what we think hasn't been working. Maybe since the rebirth era has begun with those with the two main Green Lantern titles, not saying we have to use that, but I'm saying in my mind's eye, maybe it might prompt you know conversation points. Uh, mm-hmm. That thought. Did. Well, since uh, Mark and I have been uh, well, Mark, I, Corwin, Jim, <laughs> you know everybody been doing the Lantern cast, and Myron's been doing his. Jim, Dan, do you guys want to kind of chime in on what you think the, of the current Lantern books? And, I mean, I don't know if you guys still have stacks you know, that you need to catch up on or if, if you're caught up or halfway there or what, but what do you think oh, so oh, far? Heavens, yes. I have so many, <laughs> so many to catch up on. Jim hasn't read an issue since we stopped doing this show regularly. <laughs> no, that is not true. I read two issues so that I could record an episode with Mark. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> In uh, your face! <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'll go first, I guess. Um, I, I have not been reading everything religiously, but there are certain aspects that I have been keeping track of. Like, you know, like I like the whole emotional spectrum thing. I like the. Um, in the Green Lanterns book, I like what they were doing with the Phantom. It's the Phantom Ring, right? For yeah. some reason, like I always yep. like, I always get it confused. Is it the Phantom Ring or the Spirit Ring or the? That'll be yeah. next. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, so Mood uh, ring. <laughs> yeah, they should do the Spirit Ring next. But um, yeah, and there is a Phantom Ring for the Phantom. Keep going. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that stuff. The I guess the mythology of the Phantom Ring was interesting. And, like, the fact that we actually got an origin of the first Lantern, like, like conceptually, I just think that that's amazing that we got that already. And now, like, in his origin, I think that, like, they could actually do, like, a miniseries just, like, exploring everything about that. I think that would be awesome. But, um, or even a full series, I guess. But, uh, or a maxi. Either one. But I mean, like, cancel, a, Green, cancel Green Lanterns and do that one instead. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's and that's the thing. Please, and that's the thing. Yeah, because like, as much as I'm interested in that particular stuff, like, I'm not really too into the Baz and uh, Jessica stuff. Um, you know, there's nothing really enticing me. Whereas with how. Jordan and the Green Lanterns, like, that's something that even though I'm not, like, specifically sitting down and reading everything, if, like, I am going in, like, I would say 
if not every other week, like, you know, on a, a three, three to four week basis. And as soon as I get those issues, I'm like flipping three through to see what's going on, at least, you know, to to kind of keep track of that stuff, because that stuff has been pretty interesting. And I think um, what's his face? Uh, the writer of Hal Jordan. Venditti. Yeah. Like his the amount of improvement, you know, since Rebirth that uh, that that comic has gone through is like, yeah, it's like, weird, I, isn't I, it? I, well, I, and I kind of suspected that it was going to happen once uh, Van Skyver was also involved, because like Van Skyver is like super into Green Lantern, and like I figured there's no way that Ben Diddy's going to write this and Van Skyver is going to like not have a hand in it at all. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Van Skyver is involved, like all of a sudden, like the storylines start getting much better. So I mean, I have a feeling that Van Skyver's definitely you know, making his mark on that. Even if it's just like, you know, okay, this is what I want to draw, so write it into the story, you know, like to make him think about, okay, well, maybe I should do that, you know? I don't know. I don't know the the, the level of it, but, yeah, the, the Hal Jordan book is like, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. They don't always do all the things that I want to see, but they are doing interesting stories. I think the stories are interesting, I don't necessarily – and again, I don't want to hog your time. I was going to talk about this in mine a little bit. I think when it comes to Hal and the core, I think there's a lot of interesting setup in some of the Robert Venditti stuff, but I don't know if we get a lot of payoff. And I kind of think that's common back to his run in the New 52, that even like the storyline right now that they're doing with the Rip Hunter and the time-traveling thing and how the core is not supposed to exist like in 30 years or 40 years or whatever down the road – the setup's really good. The first two issues of it are really good. Do we think we're going? Do we think the resolution is going to be? Are we going to get any real answers, or it's going? The ending's going to be worth the setup, and that's what my concern is because I think that's been a lot of the issue I've had with a lot of the Robert Venditti storylines. They start well. There's a lot of cool scenes. The premise is really good, but the payoff, a lot of times, to me, it just hasn't really been worth the setup, or equal to the setup. Well. With the the Rip Hunter thing, and I mean, this is more to the effect of where are we going, I think. Right. But, you know, like, since since two issues are out, I guess it's where we've been. (laughs) The, the, The thing that I think is interesting about it is that, like, in all of the future stories, there's either no Green Lantern core or there's, like, a single one. You know, like, one single ring that's just kind of, like, passed down or whatever. So, I mean, like... You know, it's it, it's always made sense that at some point the Green Lantern core fades away, but we don't know you know why or how or anything. So if is this the reason? Is this a different thing? We have no idea. So I mean, you know, like I'm on board for the idea of it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like that too, if only because of what you mentioned about how. To- it always comes up in like Legion stories and whatever that like, Oh yeah, the green lanterns aren't around or there's that one at the same time. It's kind of hard to get excited about a story about the green lantern core falling potentially when they seem to fall like every six or seven months <laughs> without an explanation. <laughs> sometimes <clears throat> I'm just waiting for somebody to, to realize they forgot to pay the rent and they have to move off of Mogo. It's like, oh crap! Now we, we fell. Oh no! Squatters. Uh, if anybody's wondering where they went, they're back in the universe that died before ours for no reason. 
Yeah, why not? Yes, that's, yeah. on, that's on my list of plot points to talk about. <laughs> I forgot. Like I, I got, I got mostly. So did they. <laughs> I got mostly caught up for this podcast tonight, and by mostly, I mean I didn't read the last two issues of Hal and the Core, but like I'm reading through, and I'm it's just dawning on me how much I forgot about like, like. The, the 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 third army stuff and like all that era of super forgettable story <laughs> arcs like i like like i read like the whole like the volthoom origin issue and i'm like when did he die he, he met necron what, what are you talking about <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> i know i've read all of these but it not it's not there it's just not in my brain Pop quiz. <laughs> what happened in Threshold? <laughs> um. Oh God. That's the one where where Larfley's made everyone sad. Uh, I never yes. Finished reading that one. Well, I was gonna say neither did we, but I guess we did. Nobody did. <laughs> no, no. Even the writers don't know how that ended. We reviewed it for a special episode just to wrap it up for everybody else's sake, but even we just went, "All right, what's Wikipedia say?" <laughs> I read those issues. Damn you, Chad. <laughs> uh, God, get them bound. Give it as a gift to your enemies. <laughs> But yeah, Hal and the Core is like I I I have been very surprised with the uptick in quality since the twice monthly shipping happened and but at the same time it's kind of stayed as this book that every few issues it'll give me something that's really cool while not rising to a consistent level of coolness overall if that makes sense like the the issue i stopped on was the one where the the white ring kind of fell apart i'm like everything in this in these pages is amazing i want more of this but i couldn't say that about the issues beforehand and i don't know that i'll be able to say that about the issues afterwards you know yeah that makes sense i mean there it feels like it's floating like it's it's not like a a, a chart that's going like with steep highs and low lows, but just more kind of this gradual wave. Yeah, yeah, it's bobbing up and down on choppy water. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I. Your description, I think. <laughs> Myron, what about you, man? How are you feeling about this stuff? I know you guys try to keep you know relatively positive with everything, just to bring everything you know positivity towards Green Lantern. But how are you feeling about the books overall? Well, you know, I try to re- maintain positivity, but I'm not as successful as I'd like to be, <laughs> um, particularly with the Green Lanterns book. You know, it, it. I don't know. I've struggled with that book since the beginning. I, you know, the whole premise of it, why do we need two more Green Lanterns from Earth? You know, that, that whole thing and the, the ignorance that seems to be displayed by Sam Humphreys about the mythology bothers me to, to a great deal. Uh, and it's, it's weird to read a book in which I'm more interested in the villains of the book than the protagonists. So, you know, it just it's it's really not doing anything for me at all. And really, quite frankly, if, if I wasn't reviewing the book, I wouldn't read the book to be to be very blunt. Interesting. I kind of come at it from the opposite angle because like so I 
I stopped reading the book for a while and just let it pile up with the start of the Phantom Lantern stuff. Like, I didn't even read that first issue. Because up to that point, I liked the idea of the book, but it wasn't really doing anything for me. And again, when I got messaged to do this, I'm like, all right, I better catch up. So I read all of the Phantom Lantern stuff up through the current today. And I kind of stepped back from it thinking, you know, it's weird how so much of everything we are constantly saying we want from a Green Lantern book is being given to us right here. Because, like, you know, we're getting... We're getting a series about sector partners instead of a solo hero. We're getting stories set primarily on Earth to ground the human protagonists. We're seeing classic Green Lantern villains show up instead of just fighting other color cores all the time. We're seeing family and friends be regular supporting cast members. We're seeing shorter arcs. Like, Phantom Lantern was like five issues. Then there was a one-shot. Then there was a two-issue Batman story, then there was a three-issue thing with Polaris, now they're starting who knows how long on Oa. And it's 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 in this weird state where they're they're giving us a lot of what we want. They're just not giving it to us in the way we want it. You know, it's about the two new characters instead of the ones we have long-term affection for. It's it's not being written consistently like the like every now and then they'll have like a really great moment or a really good issue or a really good short story but otherwise it's kind of heavy-handed or it's not explaining something exactly right or it, it'll take a while to to uh expound upon the way these characters are behaving three issues too late which at which point, yeah, it's appreciated, but I wish it was it's given better context before. But at the end of the day, it's like, unlike the Hal and the Core book, where it's it's kind of trying to be like your classic mainline mythology-driven Green Lantern series. This is kind of a return to Green Lantern as everyday superhero Justice League member, and I kind of get more out of that right now i think because it's kind of like it's like i think it, it kind of hit me when i saw kyle rayner in his 90s outfit flying around with jessica and i'm like you know what this does feel kind of nostalgic for me in that these are like the newbies on earth on their own trying to figure things out with minimal help and yeah, I wish it was being written better, but I think yeah, I kind of like it. See, I don't, I don't care for the characters at all, so that's a large part of it. Yeah, um, and I, I think, I think you're right in terms of the the structure and thematically what it does with Green Lantern is just in the execution of it. I find poorly executed. And, and that for me is a huge turnoff. Now, the Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern book, you know, you guys have talked a little bit about Robert Venditti doing a little bit better. I think a lot of that's partially the Ethan Van Skyver effect and partially editorial not being as involved. You know, it's, it's hard to write a story where Hal Jordan goes renegade and then you're told a month later, well, you can't use the core. Yeah, you know, things like that are, are difficult when you're trying to write long form storytelling. That's the way you structure your stories. And DC keeps telling you, well, you, you can't use this 
because you can't use that. Oh, by the way, this is happening and this character's off the off the table. But I, you know, I agree wholeheartedly that a lot of Robert Venditti's problem is that he does a great job with the concept of the story and introducing it and building it up. But it's that that last act that kind of is unfulfilling. Um, and I don't know if part of that is the struggle of maintaining a book with the cast of its size. You know, you've kind of get everybody crammed in, not just the Green Lantern Corps and, you know, the, the four main Earth Lanterns, but then you've got the Sinestro Corps thrown in and St. Walker thrown in. And, and that's a lot to, to fit into a book, even when it's biweekly. So I, th- I think that's part of the challenge. My, you know, I, I hope it, it stays at the pace it's at, but I, I get concerned where these characters, somebody's getting short-shotted somewhere along the way on a regular basis. And, and people are happy with the book for the most part, but when you look at the sales numbers, they're on par with the other book. You know, neither book is doing extremely well in terms of sales, and they're doing about the same. You know, there's, there's maybe, you know, a 200, 300 issue back and forth between both titles on a monthly basis. Uh, and, and the numbers are still falling. You know, you have two series that debuted at over 100,000 copies in sales, and right now they're in the mid to low 30s and, and still dropping. Yeah, pretty much at the new, the new 52 numbers are kind of – Yeah, weird, yeah, they didn't, they didn't gain any ground. No. Chad? <sighs> it's, uh, Myron kind of brought up a point I wanted to kind of touch on myself is – I, what Dan said about Green Lanterns, I'm, I'm agreeing with him 100%, but I'm not necessarily enjoying the book. Uh, I think Sam Humphreys is doing his research uh, in terms of bringing back old stuff, not just uh, the characters and in terms of like villains and stuff outside of the emotional spectrum. But Frank himself is from a, a Silver Age issue. Now they changed his last name, but that's who Frank is. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so the, the little bit of work that we can see and point out that Sam Humphreys is doing when we recognize it is pretty awesome. And I have to do nothing but commend him for something like that. But the problem is it's on a book that I don't really care about. And then you switch over to Hal in the Green Lantern Corps, and you've got Hal and John and Kyle and Guy and <laughs> Arkillo and Kilowog. And I mean, everybody is over there in one title. And it ships biweekly, and it's still not enough. Well, yeah. you know, one of the issues is, though, that it ships biweekly, but it's like a continuing story. You know, like, mm. I think, and I, I don't know if anybody else thought this, but I kind of figured that with, like, biweekly, we'd get, like, you know, one issue in the month would focus on, like, a couple of characters, and then two weeks later, like, you'd get, like, a bunch of other characters, like they were you doing know, Wonder Woman, where it was like one issue was future and one issue was past. Uh, well, yeah, something like that. But just yeah, like almost as if like you had you know, like two different books, you know, two different titles. But since it's all in the same thing, like the characters can kind of like seep between the two teams or whatever. <laughs> you can tie it together really well. But you know, like that's kind of what I was expecting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that makes sense, but it, it, it's, it's at the same time, it's like I don't know what else I would want. I mean, do we do we want another title? I mean, the, <laughs> it, it, it's it's obviously no, DC, uh, DC. That's not sales, the answer. 
yeah, DC sales wise can't justify it. And do we want to kill off characters? No, but it's like at the same, I don't know what the solution is, but there's not enough to keep me interested in Green Lanterns. And there's so much over in how in the Green Lantern core that, yeah, I may be interested, but I'm always going to feel shortchanged in some way, shape or form. And especially with the lack of follow through in terms of epicness on Venditti's storytelling at the end of every arc that he does, it's like, well, what's the point? Well, here's here's my, my my thought. If they really wanted to do a good job at making you care about Jessica or Baz, they should have paired, you know, either of them up with an established Green Lantern. You know, like when you had Baz paired with Chip, you know, I think it was Chip, right? It, yeah, was. it was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was interesting. You know, like if you had like Kyle and Jessica or Guy and Jessica or something like that, I think people would be a lot more receptive. They're doing that now, by the way. For for training, at least. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, like, and like, or if they had, you know, from the beginning, you know, put Baz with the other core or Jessica with the core, you know, anything like that. Like, at least then you have a newbie with the established ones so that you're getting the story you want with the established characters. Meanwhile, you're starting to build an affection for the new characters. Now, on the same, by the same token, like, I, I think the reason that they didn't do that was because Sam Humphreys does not have a, you know, a great understanding of the Green Lantern, you know, past. And, yeah, he pulls some things out now and then, but, like, you know, maybe he couldn't really be bothered with learning the characterization of, you know, the Earth Lanterns and said, just give me these two new ones where I only have to learn very little and I can just write them and, you know, do what I want with them. That may be. And I I definitely agree that it makes sense to, to go the route of, like, teaming a rookie with a veteran. But then, if I, I mean... You, you team Jessica or Simon with Hal, it's still going to be very much the Hal show featuring Simon and or Jessica. You know, I like the fact that we've got these two two rookies who are just they're trying to figure this out and they're just kind of barely holding each other together as they kind of like crawl their way up this mountain. Yeah, they're holding each other together at the expense like that's the whole point. The, the, one of our main complaints about towards the beginning of the Rebirth series was the fact that they, in order to build Jessica up, they had to make Simon an utter douchebag. Like, I mean, that's just one example. <laughs> oh, you know, I agree. I agree, and I think that's the that's the I can't think of the word, but it's like the the extreme result of trying to make it a buddy cop story where like they knew what direction they want to take her. So they put him in the, the extreme opposite, whether that made sense with how he'd been up to that point or not. I think they've moved well enough past that by now, but like, I think my thing is I just, with all of the, the tried and true classic characters, they can explore them and they can do interesting things with them, but we kind of know what we're going to get from them. Whereas, like, I, I really like the fact that we have this Green Lantern book over here that probably shouldn't still exist, but it does somehow. And it's about two really flawed people that may or may not 
even be qualified for it. Like for as for as questionably as they've handled a character like Jessica, the concept of her as a Green Lantern is phenomenal. You took you take somebody who is who is afraid of everything but wants to overcome it and you give them a tool that gives them superpowers if they can learn to overcome it. And then you have Simon, you give him the same tool, have him be like and have him like deal with the fact that all of his 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 I'm struggling with words. My God, I think I'm nervous around Myron. All of his <laughs> his bravado, his show he puts on. That big dealness is rubbing off. It is like everything. All of Simon's bluster is really so fragile, and he can't cope with that. But he's trying to learn how to. And like like there's so much more potential in what can happen to them than if it was Hal and Guy or Guy and Simon or whatever, like the fact that they're not as good as the others at being Green Lanterns and they're off on their own to me is kind of like a pivotal thing for that book. I want to, I want to interject a question here and and I know it's going to sound super negative or whatever, but like, let's, let's take it kind of seriously they're, they're, DC is obviously trying to build Aquaman back up from his reputation as being a joke into casting freaking Jason Momoa and then giving <laughs> him all these cool scenes and the trailers and stuff. So they're focusing on building Aquaman back up. And it kind of seems like based on the on the Green Lantern movie and then kind of the jokes you get like in the Lego movies and stuff like that about Green Lantern, that, the, that Green Lantern, at least in terms of public perception is becoming the joke. Should we maybe at least halfway consider the fact that maybe DC just isn't paying much attention to Green Lantern right now? Oh, absolutely. It's like they're they're trying to give him as much of a cool down as possible and you know like that's why they they're delaying as m- much of the Green Lantern concept into the Justice League. I think that there can't possibly be a way that the Justice League movie ends without seeing Green Lantern in some fashion. Well, I don't mean just mean in public perception. I also mean the comics. Myron was talking about how the sales keep falling and falling and falling. Maybe DC just isn't paying attention that much right now because that as of this moment, they don't really care. Well, if that was the case, there wouldn't be two ongoing series. By, like, bi-weekly. I, yeah, they wouldn't be coming out with four issues every month. Like I think, I think while the while um other media is definitely a big concern, I don't think I like I think there's still a stark difference between between their faith in the brand in comics versus outside of comics. And don't forget, and let's not forget. I mean, we, it's easy to forget because he's kind of like gone off into a corner somewhere. We haven't heard from him in a while. But Jeff Johns is still floating around. <laughs> yeah. And when the time <laughs> and when the time comes for the for the rebirth event, where we get the explanation for everything that's been going on since Flashpoint into the New Fifty Two, I think, and we we'll, and I and I want to touch up, and I want to talk about this when we talk about more, talk about it more when we talk about what we think is coming or we, what we want to see is coming. 
there's a lot of potential there for it, and it makes you wonder about some of the plot points that we've seen even in the Green Lantern books now, whether maybe Jeff Johns has a little bit of influence in this and that not happening, or you can't use this now because he has plans for something in that in that mini. So I think this, I think DC still, if no other reason, because of the Dio and Jeff Johns, they still haven't. They they know Green Lantern's there, and I still so so I do think. I, yeah, so I don't entirely think that's it. It's just not as big as it was, clearly. So it's not if they're, it's not a focal point for them based on the characters that they need to push. So uh, I do – well, I, 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 anybody else can talk on this topic, but then I do want to circle back because I want to talk about you know what I think about the books because I haven't said that yet, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I want well, to go know, last anyway. Uh... That's fine, but, I, but I'm just saying <laughs> It, it's it's true, you know. Um, when you look at things like um, Justice League Action as an example, they did a whole Red Lanterns episode, and there was no Green Lantern to be found in that mm-hmm. episode. And they've aired a number of episodes, and Green Lantern hasn't shown up yet at all. And then when you look on the other side, you know, they did that whole cereal box promotion, and there was a Green Lantern version of uh, Lucky Charms. You know, and then you've got the big Injustice 2 game launching and you've got Atrocitus and Hal Jordan front and center. So, you know, it's 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 almost a schizophrenic approach from from Warner Brothers in D.C. at this point. Yeah, I mean, they know they know from experience and mishandling that it's not the best idea to put the character on a big on the big screen, at least not yet. But that doesn't mean he's less viable everywhere else. Yeah, but by the same token, like, you know, the other thing is there's still no Green Lantern on the TV shows, you know, um, and you know that they can support a Green Lantern on the TV shows. Well, they keep and, dropping hints, and they might, at this point, it's been how many years? Arrow's in its fifth season? Let's just either show him shit or get off the pot, basically. Yeah, and from what, and I think what I've heard is that there's like, you know, in the long term, there is no plan to have Green Lantern show up. Like, well, yeah, but they do not want him to like basically poison the well. Yeah, because the, the TV audience is basically the movie audience, and the movie audience only knows the Ryan Reynolds movie. Like that is Green Lantern to them, beginning and end. But. The other thing is you just had them make that announcement as far as Warner Brothers, you know, starting a new program so that you can watch uh, like a Teen Titans show and they're bringing back Young Justice. Yeah. You know, like, okay, well, that's all fine and good. But what about the Green Lantern animated series? (laughs) Like, you know, once again, they don't want to devote the resources because like they're they're so like deathly afraid of doing something else with Green Lantern because of, you know, and like, the thing is, it's like that movie, like just about broke even on its production costs. So like, it was not even like a huge flop. It's not like they lost money. Yeah. It was a huge flop. Like breaking even, breaking even is in terms of satisfying investors Breaking even on a movie's box office might as well have been make mean making negative money. It no, was I'm a complete about, failure. I'm talking about this movie made back its budget and then made the double that amount for the amount of money that they put towards like product, you know, like marketing and stuff like that. Like the movie made twice its budget. Uh-huh. That is 
that is indicative of a successful movie. Uh, now it just made it. Back. The, well, the the marketing, yeah. The, the fact, the thing is, the thing is, for the budget was they, it didn't. What really was disappointing about the movie is the fact that it didn't make money overseas. I think that's what surprised people. I mean, it made two hundred nineteen million dollars combined, which is bad. So if you actually look at the production budget, the production budget was two hundred million. So technically speaking, it didn't make its. It, Technically speaking, it didn't make its money back because you usually have to double the production budget, and that's what you assume. You have to make double the production budget from at box office to break even because the production. Yeah, it wasn't success. It wasn't successful, but it wasn't Ghost in the Shell. Oh no, 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 no! And and the expectations were much higher for Green Lantern. I mean, Ghost in the Shell. Sure, sure. I mean, a lot. I I, I've heard people talk about Ghost in the Shell, like, oh, that's you know that. That's going to ruin any chance of getting a Black Widow movie, which maybe we probably didn't have. Whether we had a chance of getting one or not is irrelevant. The point is, and I've said this, no, it do, it's not going to hurt the chance. It's not going to hurt the chances because that movie tanked because it was always going to be a tough sell domestically. You take Scarlett Johansson out of that, it would have had an even lower profile. It would have done even worse. So it's, it's so. You're right. So it depends on expectation. The Ghost in the Shell, nobody expected that movie to make that much money. If it would have been a huge surprise if it did. Green Lantern, people had expectation. So it yeah, was, they expected it to be DC's Iron Man. Yes, that's what they were hoping for. That was supposed to be the catalyst for the for the building of the universe, of the DC Cinematic right. Universe. And that, of course, so... And Especially that it came around at a time when I think like the Harry Potter franchise was wrapping up, so yep. they needed something new to fill that gap. Yep, and for better or for worse, right, it also came out right. in a year that there were so many movies. Yeah, you know, there was. They, they, it's like they had. It's like they, they they had to pick one. Almost not saying it deserved. It, it was a great movie that had tons of flaws, but it's almost like all the hatred was zeroed in on that movie. That was the same year you had, but Thor, and you had you know, and you had First Avenger, and it was you know. So there was so many. There was a lot of comic book movies that came out that year. So it was just some of yeah, it was, I, the, good. The perception of it. You know, was you know that it, that it was awful, that it was a bomb, and everything like that. And because of that movie, Green Lantern became a joke. There was a glut of the action figures that were made poorly and did not sell well. You know, and then you know, everything about that was just like you know, uh, it was awful. And so, like, because it did, you know, as poorly as it did, like for perception. It's like that's why, but I mean, like, yeah. As far as money wise, like, in their look at well, uh, their their current movies are making money somehow, but um, yeah, no, like that movie was not a bomb. It, it wasn't enough to justify a sequel. So like now, let's relegate Green Lantern to you know the joke of the DC universe. The well, irritating. I, I think they want to be, really but no, knowing you've got a movie. Yeah. I mean, you've got a movie coming out in, in supposedly three years. You've got to start doing something with the characters to get it in the forefront and change people's minds about what they think the character in the franchise. So you've got to do something sometime soon. You would hope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm still just baffled as ha- as to how having two bi-monthly ongoing series is somehow not using the character. Like, remember, like there was a time in in their history where they didn't want Green Lantern around, so they canceled the series and relegated him to a flashback up. Like, if they wanted this brushed under the rug, they could do it, but they're very blatantly not. No, I I agree. I think, but I know what I know what Myron's saying to it. At the point, 
you know, at the point um, that we, I think where he's going is that, yeah, they're going to have to, if they've been pushing him back, you know, tearing him down to build him up, at least in the eyes of the public from a cinematic point of view, they have, it's, it's time to start doing the building now. Unless they're gonna, yeah. unless it's gonna be, unless this is gonna be pushed back, like you know, we've obviously heard the rumors, like like the Shazam movie might be scrapped completely, and Black oh. you know, and, and Black Adam might end up just throw, showing up in Superman, so they can use the Rock in that capacity and not necessarily have to do a whole. So, unless they're gonna do something like that with the core movie, it's gonna be time. I mean, they really, they really, you know, they really need to uh, to do that. Um, can I segue into the books now? <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just uh, for for two reasons, not because I want to say something, but also because I kind of have I think some of the I wanted to get to the at the end of this I wanted to get to some of the plot points we haven't talked about, which might which might be a segue for another con- the next you know wave of conversation here. Okay, so let's talk about Green Lanterns. What I, what I do like about Green Lanterns and what I do think has worked, I do like Jessica. I think Jessica has worked. I I think she's interesting. I think her relationship with the ring is interesting. That's something oh God, that's, yes. That's something that should have been explored, and I've said this before a long time ago. The the idea of, of of having a close personal relationship with the ring, where the ring can have personality, can adjust to your personality, and, and beca- potentially because of the bond between you and the ring, you can do things maybe other Green Lanterns can't, which would have always kind of explained partially, not just because of his raw willpower, but why Hal was so special and was and could do things, even in Emerald Twilight, being able to have the ring not crap out on him and do the things that he needed it to do as he was because of the bond between him and the ring that. So I like Jessica. I like Jessica. I think that worked. I like the idea of reintroducing Atrocitus in a way that that there was no way because they kind of have emasculated him so much over the past few years. There was no way you could make him a believable threat right off the bat like he used to be. But that wasn't his. But that wasn't the point of that first arc. The point was for him to supposedly look like he lost, but 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 he didn't because he was thinking the long game for a change about the. About planting the new rage entity, which I also liked. I like I would I like the idea that we're getting the the first hint of being able to get entities back, even if they're not going to be the original ones. So I did like that being introduced in that book. Volthoom, like Volthoom in that book, it was a great choice to put in Sam Humphrey's book because there isn't there really isn't much background already established about him. He was always a blank slate, so giving Humphreys that kind of character was perfect. Uh, I like Fred. You know, Frank is annoying, but I like the character, oh, the concept of the Phantom Lantern, and I think and that and what he can do with that ring, or anybody can do with that ring down the road, is cool. I mean, obviously we'll be seeing Frank again, so that's cool. I do like Raimi. I think Raimi's. I like Raimi. I think he's an interesting character, and especially once he actually becomes Raimi again, he'll be more interesting. But I do, I like it, and I like the way they've given him background now, and they kind of, even though it is a retcon, but I do like the fact that he's kind of taken on an important role in the Green Lantern mythos when it comes to ring making and everything else and, and tapping into the spectrum. I do like bringing back some of the old villains to a certain extent. I mean, the Dr. Polaris stuff did nothing for me, but I'm just saying, as an arc by itself, the character does nothing for me, but, but I do give, you know, kudos to doing that, just like. When Chad and I did the Volthum origin, talked about the Volthum origin issue, even though it is opening door for retcons about how the Green Lantern Corps came into place, when different things, just the fact that just the fact that Humphreys went through all that, bringing, talking about different, using elements from different Earths and all that stuff, just to tell you know, the basic Volthum origin point, you know, 
point by point. I like that. That worked. What I don't like, don't like Baz. If they hadn't, if like, if they had made him a jerk to do the bad cop thing, maybe I would have liked him more. But they, but that includes all the the crap about ragging on Guy Gardner, even though Guy Gardner was really the first Green Lantern that he ever interacted with, even without a ring. But he interacted with him in Rise of the the, the Wrath, the Rise of the Third Army, and they got along fine. So him using Guy Gardner as the joke punching bag doesn't make any sense either. So I don't like that. Myron said it best that the most interesting characters in this book are not the two main characters that we should be rooting for, and that's a problem. Uh, the entire Phantom Lantern arc, Jessica and Simon were probably the two least interesting characters, with Volthoom, Raimi, and Frank being more interesting. So I I think that's – I think in a nutshell for that book, I think that's what I like and what I don't like, even though Humphreys – doesn't have the background i think he's made an effort to try to kind of he didn't get off to a great start doing it but i think he's kind of like maybe trying to do a little bit of what van jensen did as far as you know trying to he may not have done all the research van jensen did ahead of time but i think he's trying to catch up a little bit now and now tap into the mythos more with the how but the how in the core book i like i mean it's really weird i think I think it's really hard to figure out what I really, really like in this book. Yes, this book is better than it was. I think it's better. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe like Myron said, maybe it's because the editorial has not is. But I got see. This is tricky too with some of the plots points that we're dealing with now. Like even with the Blue Lantern arc, it's like were the Blue Lanterns really not be able to be resurrected because you know because Robert Venditti didn't want to bring them back yet, or is that related to what's going to happen down the road? With you know the whole rebirth New Fifty Two explanation, so uh, that's why it's tough to say, tough to say you know one hundred percent if editorial still not dictating what they can do and what they can't. But maybe that factors into why the writing's a little better. I honestly think it's mostly because he has almost every tool to play with in the in the Green Lantern universe. So how could the stories possibly be as bad as they were before? It's almost like addition by subtraction, or in this case, <laughs> addition by addition, because <laughs> he's got everybody there. So I do think those store. I think that's the main reason why it's better. I do like the interaction with Sora, and I like the greens and the yellows working together. I do like that about the book. I don't. It just. I, I guess, and this is where I was going to segue. I think part of the, my real issue with this book is bec- is because while he's gotten all the po- he got all the positives by getting all the Green Lantern mythos to to use. But the negative to that is that it also means all the continuity questions and problems that existed in the rest of the Green Lantern universe fall on his doorstep. And I think the worst thing that they've done in that book – you can say it's true kind of with Green Lanterns too, but not nearly as much – is that there's so many unresolved plot points, some of which Robert Venditti himself has absolutely created, that we got – that. Where are the Templar Guardians? That, and, and it's – Fun. And it's really cool that you said that because I <laughs> because I mentioned this to Chad when we were recording the other or talking the other day. I did go back and listen to the last State of the Union episode that we did, and one of the things we talked about even then was about even at that time because that was right at the time Lost Army was about to end and Edge of Oblivion was about to start. So we had even said at this po- at that point the Templar Guardians had been gone almost a year, so they've been gone several years now, and we have no explanation. And so, 
since and kind of a funny thing too, we talked about at the last issue of Lost Army how John Stewart was looking for the hole in the source wall to see Hal sealing it up. That was never discussed when Hal and John met the first time. <laughs> no, not all. And where are the where are the White Lanterns? That's yes. Yeah, so let me let me do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me do this real quick. These are these are what and everybody probably has additions. These are my unresolved <laughs> plot points. It's not a big list, and some are like asterisked because some are just. They're not super important, and they kind of and they're more new fifty two ish, but they still should be dealt with at some point. So I we mentioned the house, the Hal and John seeing each other when sealing up the source wall at the end of Lost Army. That was never dealt with. Obviously, everything in Lost Army as a whole has never been dealt with. Now, the Chrono, the relic stuff, but we don't. We have the Titan that came through the space wall, the source wall at the end of uh, Godhead. Haven't touched upon that yet. We got the we got the White Lantern Corps, that hasn't been touched upon yet. Other than getting a really crappy job dealt with, or having a bad hand dealt them and dealt with crappily in Lobo, the Indigo Tribe pretty much hasn't been seen since, which is less of a plot point, but more of like what the hell's going on since uh, Godhead. I wrote Parallax, but it hasn't been that long since Green Lantern 50. But <laughs> but it's Parallax, so since I hate what he did with Parallax so badly, I want to throw him in there just because I like to see something. We're done with that eventually. Arkillo. Nothing about why Arkillo has a friggin' hand, because he shouldn't, unless you're going to give us tell, give us a little blurb of an explanation for why he has his hand back. He didn't his, he didn't have a hand when we last saw him at, in Cullen Bunn's Sinestro series. Now he's got his real hand back. No explanation. The whole Arkillo-St. Walker partnership, not even touched upon at all. St. Walker's ability to amp up the yellows hasn't been touched upon at all. Who took the friggin' Green Lantern Corps out of the universe? Not touched upon. Templar Guardians. Ditto. Atrocis and Dexter. How they ended up being in a position to join the Red Lanterns again. How do they t- how do they convince Blees and everybody else to rejoin them? Why are the dead? Who the f is the Rage Mother? Yes, the Rage Mother. Where does she come from? How does she have that power? How is she able to resurrect some Red Lanterns, but friggin' Rancor is still dead? Speaking of, I dead, hate the Rage Mother. <laughs> Why? Why are some of the Red Lanterns we know were dead at the end of the last of war between the Red Lanterns? There, why are they alive? We got we have no explanation for that. What? Hey, is, is Rancor alive? No, as we know, as of now, he's supposed to be dead. He died in okay. Lobo. He died in Lobo. Uh, oh man. Yeah, like the only Red Lantern that stayed dead in that, in that stupid in that stupid issue was Rancor. And Hal's ring that he created himself in this whole fluctuation into – he was becoming one with Will, which hasn't been touched on in like five or six issues now. Uh, maybe it's going to be touched on in the resolution of the Rip Hunter thing, maybe. But it's the whole idea. It's like let's build up that he's becoming one with you know one with Will for some reason. Haven't touched upon why, what that means. It really hasn't been dealt with since the end of the, the first arc with Sinestro. Oh, I hated em- – and I hated Emerald's sight – in Green Lanterns too, related to Simon. That was on a, I forgot to mention that. But all these plot, all these plot points, all this stuff has been. Some of this crap's been going on for multiple years, and after a while, it's like you have to deal with it. I mean, the, especially when you have Green Lanterns talk about, oh, you know, you have a guardian. We thought all the guardians were dead. Well, why would you think the Templar guardians are dead? Why would you think they're dead? You can think all the original Guardians were dead, but why would you think the Templar Guardians were dead? They were going off in space with Kyle the last time everybody saw them. So why would the rest of the Corps think that they're dead? Um, so that doesn't make – I mean after a while it becomes – got to deal with this stuff. And yes, some of this stuff could be dealt with 
if you really wanted to be lazy, it could be dealt with in the resolution of the whole rebirth New 52 thing. Maybe the Templar Guardians were taken off taken off the playing field by Mr. Oz or, or Dr. Manhattan. Maybe that's that's probably the explanation for why the Blues can't come back, so maybe they will come back after that obstacle is taken away. The original Blues will be able to be resurrected. But what's the, you know what, some of these things are just plot points, and you ignore them, plus the whole Arkillo as a character. He was in a completely different place at the end of at the end of the Sinestro series, he was liking being a hero. He was digging digging people reacting to him that way. He and St. Walker being partners was a great concept. That would have been a great – even a, forget about a miniseries, just an arc, just seeing those two work together. That would have been great. Now we kind of got the douchebag Arkillo back. and then it, So that every time Arkillo gets character development, they knock him down, and that stupid thing with Guy was ridiculous. So now who oh, the hell is going to respect Arkillo now? Not anybody in the Sinestro Corps. I mean, oh yeah, Gargar kicked his ass. It's like really, it's like no. So all these plot points and some of this we can, people who want to. I mean, obviously anybody can chime in now, but we could also talk about this about where we want, like where we want the book to go. But I was saying some of these things have to be dealt with, and the fact you can't just drop crap down without an explanation and, and expect people to say, oh yeah, that's that's not an issue, that's not. A, or, or like when Chad, when, when you and I talked about how when they when they when they, when they introduced emeralds. Emerald Space, and Abin Sur was completely clueless, clueless in one issue about Sinestro leading an army of fear, and then the next issue said, oh, most of the people in Emerald Space were because of Sinestro. Then obviously you know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> so it's like that's like yeah. an issue to issue. That's something at least editorial should have caught. So, Which is why, and, and, and a lot of people assume I make that noise about Eddie Berganza whenever we're reviewing something as, as in, in reference to you know, kind of the scandal surrounding that name or whatever. I don't. I, re- I make that noise because group editor Eddie Berganza, forgive me. And you know what? I don't, I don't care. I, it, at this point, you know, if, if, you, if you're doing podcasting to be in a good relationship with a publisher, good luck. Uh, so <laughs> l- let me burn this bridge now. Eddie Berganza isn't doing his fucking job <laughs> if all of this stuff is getting by. Like, what was that thing we were talking about? I don't know. I can't remember the issue where they were talking about uh, we utterly spelled Coast City wrong. Well, that yeah, that, that was that <laughs> Coast City. Yeah, that was like I think. Who the was, fuck is asleep at the wheel yeah, over there? I think that was forty nine. I think that was just. I think that was issue forty nine or forty eight max. If it wasn't forty nine of. The new Fifty Two run, right before that wrapped up, yeah, because that was with Parallax. That was with Parallax saying Cost City. Yeah, and, and uh, I, Myron, you're about to pop in. I, uh, I'll, I'll let you do that. I just want to say, out of everything you listed, some of those things could be like just plot threads that haven't been picked up on, like the Titan at the end of the Source Wall. You know, certain things right. like that. Absolutely, little things here and there. But the big one that sticks out to me, and maybe it's just personal preference. I don't know. Myron, chime in. But the, the the Templar Guardians, they're just yes. gone, and they've yeah, been yeah. gone for two years at least now, and nobody says anything. As a matter of fact, and I don't I, I, because of tweets and retweets and blah blah blah, uh, I can't go back and it'll take me a while at least to go back and find that. I tweeted like Sam Humphreys and and and. Uh, and uh, Robert Venditti about that a while back, and Sam Humphrey sent some snarky response back. And I can't remember what the hell it was. Uh, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't being snarky. Maybe I'm just reading into a text-based uh, thing. But I mean, just like, what the hell? <laughs> you had this group of guardians that 
after as soon as Lost Army started, just just gone. They are nowhere to be seen. Nobody references them. Nobody asks where they are at. John, as leader of the Corps, doesn't go, hey, didn't we have some guardians around here that could help me with it? <laughs> like, nobody does any – like, what in the holy hell is going on? I like, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when Genthet said that, you know, yeah, we're the last three alive. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What in the hell is going on? <laughs> So, I mean, Myron, no, Myron, say what you want to say. I was just like, well, um, I, I cannot believe that it, there are certain things that they just haven't picked up on that they dropped in before. But n- this is something that they relatively created in the Green Lantern universe, and they just forgot existed and pretended never did in the first place. And before, and you're, right, right. And you're, and once, I, mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to, <laughs> I, I just want to say one quick thing one, about because Chad, the way Chad distinguishes the plot points and he's correct and i agree but it raises an interesting question which is how long do these things how long do we have to wait for these things to be floated out there before we just say clearly they've forgotten about this <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> yes they can pick up on it again but like the titan through the through the wall and the white lantern core and things like that yes but how long i mean how much patience do you have to say okay they, they clearly have forgotten or they don't give a shit and they're going to wait till somebody else picks the ball up down the road when there's a new creative team that's it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Myron. It's all you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and just to add to your list, Kyle and Carol. That, yes, that whole yes, debacle. Yes, yes. Oh, and the Star oh, Sapphires. Yeah. Up where, and where are the Star Sapphires? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, you know, talking about the continuity thing, DC keeps saying, well, you know, the, this is more about story over continuity. But this is like a blatant disregard for continuity. Um, and go, to go back to the editors, I mean, I don't know if you've read the most recent issue of Green Lanterns, but they say Sector 2184 in that issue. Oh. It's like, seriously? Did, did, does nobody Does nobody check this stuff? It's just it's it's crazy, and, and you're right. Somebody's getting paid to be an editor. What the hell does the editor do? Because when you, as a reader, if you're reading through the first time and these things jump out at you, then shouldn't an editor have caught it at least on their first or second read through? It's just it's it's a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. <laughs> and again, we try. We try, I mean, we really try not to admit nitpick but some of the stuff is so blatantly i mean it's it's ridiculous and the, yeah the temple of guardians is absolutely the most ridiculous thing i mean because these characters were literally brought into the mythos out of the blue you know during the yeah you know in in the first land in the first lantern arc and it's like okay it's like okay they're here and you know yeah the, you know the wrath, wrath i mean the Third Army, Wrath of the First Lantern arc, and it's like, okay, these these are these are the chance we had the chance to have these non douchey guardians that actually are have still in touch with their emotions and stuff like that. They want to see the universe. Logic makes sense. Kind of like the <laughs> idea of not, you know, how you know, seeing the world from behind a desk is a dangerous place. That kind of that kind of concept, you know, in a kind of cosmic level, like we want to go out and see the universe before we try to basically try to guard it to know how it works. No explanation for what's going on. And 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 at this point, it's almost like, yeah, if they want to give us an explanation, sure, they can throw they can throw us a half-ass explanation that oh, see, it's, it's Doctor Manhattan took them off off the playing field, or or Mister Oz has them in a room somewhere, chain so they can you know, so he can use them at a late. I mean, but we'll never know if that was really the explanation. It's like I, just like trying to figure. <laughs> 
trying to figure out what the hell, what, what Cullen Bunn would have done with Lost Army and figure out where that, that's, I would like to know, just like what he would have done with the with Sinestro. Because I'm sure it wasn't going to be the half-assed version we got with Robert Venditti's storyline about, let's, everybody loves me now, let's, so I'm Sinestro, everybody loves me now, I'm going to screw him over as quick as I can, because that's going to be a really great strategy that's going to lead to victory. <laughs> uh, Corwin's on, guys, I'm going to bring him in. Mark, you never seem more alive than when you're complaining about dropped plot points. <laughs> oh yes, yes, I th- I think I am. But, but for but this this was the, this this was the thing I was gonna for this episode that was just nat- that was naturally gonna be uh, I was gonna be passionate about. <laughs> Corwin, hello. Hey, Corwin. Hey, sorry I'm late. <laughs> you missed Jim. That's uh, okay. You're just in time. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, we didn't we, mean we it were that just, way. It just sounded funny. Well, <laughs> well we we were just uh, talking about kind of where the books are and uh, in terms of what they're uh, missing. And Mark just ran down a list of all the drop plot points. And one of the big things we were just going off about is the fact that they haven't mentioned and just essentially forgot that the Templar Guardians existed in the first place for the past two, three years. <laughs> And we're just talking about how there's like a lack of coherent continuity right now. Hmm. How do you see it? How do you feel about the Green Lantern titles? Um, oh, I, I gotta say it's better than it was. I think we all can all agree the Dark Ages were <laughs> a, a tough time to make it through. Other than the Sinestro book. Yes, other than Sinestro, which of course you know I was in, I was in love with as well. Um, I'm just curious to see how much they're going to tie into this whole Watchmen thing and how much of the unspoken stuff is going to really tie into that. Maybe that they're going to try to use that to explain things. That would be lazy as F. <laughs> Who else is going to be able to take out the Guardians? Uh, other guardians uh the titan that came out of the end of the source law uh <laughs> some new villain uh necron popped into the universe for half a second and did something like well we've we've seen anything we've seen. even anything any more intricate than oh this convenient thing dc's doing in the month or two here take this i mean we've seen what necron's been up to he's just been chilling with a uh, Voltum for a little bit <laughs> he loves that music <laughs> I, 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 sing it brother power Sue's the savage beast <laughs> um, I, 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 to me it's more interesting again what, what would have who who did they really think took the Green Lantern Corps out of our universe to begin with because I don't believe that I don't think that the whole Dr. Manhattan thing was on anybody's radar screen then because that was like around Convergence time when some of the stuff would happen. So, I'm yeah. not so that could be the explanation, but then why – but if that's the explanation, then why wouldn't he have just killed them because that's kind of his M.O. Why, why, would you just, why wouldn't you just phase them into like dirt and ashes as opposed to banishing them, banishing them to a universe that, and then still somehow allowing them a, an opening to get back? <laughs> The Guardians yeah, make more sense, though, for them to be taken taken off the board, and I do, and I think, I absolutely think that's a plot point with the with with the Blue Lanterns, because clearly they set yeah. it up for there's something preventing something that shouldn't be that shouldn't be able to be prevented. The White Lantern should be able to resurrect these Blue Lanterns. Something has a vested interest in not allowing it to happen. Mister Oz is watching this and not and trying and seems. You know, fascinated by this, that this is going on. So I do think the Blues, and I will be really disappointed if the Blues don't play a role in whatever that whatever that event is going to be. 
Yeah. It does it does kind of prop them up as being important and I like that. And John, what else was on that what else was on that list real quick? Sorry. That's all right. Uh real quick the, the let's see the Hal sealing the source wall that John and that John saw at the end of Lost Army. There's Hal John seeing Hal do it. That was never dealt with when they when they met again and now after the core is back. Titan through the source wall, White Lantern Corps, disappearance of the Indigo tribe. Arkillo's hand, Arkillo's relationship with St. Walker and, and their partnership, St. Walker's ability to amp up the yellows, who took the core, Templar Guardians, the return of Atrocis and Dexter, how that happened, how they took got the core back, how were the dead reds alive uh, that we that we knew were dead before, the Rage Mother, rage mother. Uh, yeah. Hal's going full full on, go, going full emotional spectrum, <laughs> going full on Will, becoming one with Will, Ka- Kyle and Carol, the star, the star sapphire is missing. Hmm. I think that's most of. I think that was most of it. Okay. Yeah, the, the the one where he became one with Will was fairly erotic. James. <laughs> hey, <Kyle. laughs> yeah. And what it's about so uh? To, so hard to get a word in it twice here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Um, the fatality. Oh yeah, fatality. Yeah, that was her name. Yeah, fatality's out there somewhere. Yeah, she suffered a fatality. Ooh. <laughs> and Sodom Yahoo, they brought back for two issues, but that's a new fifty-two. They brought back, brought him back for two issues just to exile again for the last next three years. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he quit. Well, before before we move on, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're obviously all like super uh, valid in pointing out the horrible inadequacies that are happening right now. But I don't want to say that I completely load the, the what's currently going on either. There are moments that I'm enjoying, and like I said earlier, it's not like a high spike in quality and a low, super low dip in quality. It's more like a a steady up down wave, and I stand by that. There was good stuff, like the Volthoom Secret Origin type issue. That was pretty good. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the shoutouts to the multiverse, the stuff that we were, that we were able to, you know, ascertain with like Brother Power of the Geek and all that other and Prez and all that other cool stuff. Those were cool, and and I like that that was in there. He Humphreys could have easily just bypassed those and just made it all about Green Lantern and Green Lantern related stuff, but he threw out other shoutouts too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and the art wasn't that that horrible in that issue either. Um, which sounds like a backward compliment. Because it was. Speaking of art compliment. Speaking of the art, I'm, maybe I'm not the only one. I'm not as impressed with the art lately. Don't get me wrong. Van Skyver's doing his thing and it's okay, but... Is it just me, or is, is is anybody just not as impressed with Van Skyver's stuff lately? Like, it's maybe missing something. I was under I, the impression that Van Skyver was going to be on more books than he is. But I think we all, made, all, all knew right out of the gate he wasn't going to be able to maintain whatever schedule they initially said he was. Oh, yeah. No, but, like, the books come out too often for anybody to maintain that schedule, especially Van Skyver, who's so detail-oriented. And, frankly, I think he's, he's on an upswing right now because he went through a period where I just, I really wasn't enjoying his artwork anymore, but like I'm, I'm seeing what I'm seeing from him in the Hal and the Green Lantern book. And again, maybe it's because it's a series he cares more about, 
is closer to the Van Skyver that was on Green Lantern before. Closer, but not there, right? Yeah, not there, but definitely a hell okay. of a lot better than he's been on other books. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm asking that because I, I'm by no way, shape, or form a, a decent enough critic of art to be able to tell you what I don't like about something, but I'm getting an odd, this isn't Van Skyver's best stuff, or it's not as impressive as I would expect him to be on a Green Lantern title. I mean, Van Skyver's always going to be at his best when you give him like a special or something and give him all the time in the world to work on it, you know, mm-hmm. but when you, when you tell him, okay, we need you to have, we're going to give you a month to do this issue or these two issues or something. We're going to get something that looks pretty good, but it's still not going to be the top of this game just because okay. deadlines are such a thing now. I mean, yeah, to keep up out. That, that pace is difficult for someone like him who's so, who's so detail oriented to do that kind of a pace and keep up the grind. Something's going to give, and, and you can kind of see that it's not as hyper detailed as what we're used to seeing. You know, you're seeing a lot less detail in the backgrounds and so on. You were saying something, Corin? I was just saying I'm I'm just kind of I think he's better than most of the artists we've been getting. Um, I think they've been getting some some solid stuff here and there, but there's those times where those you know. Secondary artists step in, and it's just not up to pace with the other artists. Yeah. I, I think his art's still good, but I do agree overall that I don't. I think that the pace, the pace of this book probably has impacted him. And even while it's still very, very good, you can see certain instances where, yes, the detail that's true too. But some of the fig, you know, the, the some of the figures just don't. Look, they look a little awkward. Maybe the way the body is in position is just something about it. Just doesn't look like you know stuff we probably would never have seen back. You know, like back in the Green Lantern Rebirth era, you know, stuff like that. So, but but I think, but I do think it's good. It's certainly even. I think I like his art better than Sandoval on on the core book. I still, oh, yeah. and certainly as a whole. I mean, you know, the the ultimate dirty the ultimate dirty words, Billy Tan. I mean, come on. I mean, there's just, there's just like no comparison. I mean, on that level. I mean, Ethan Van Skyver could be, Ethan, Ethan Van Skyver could be blind and drawing completely left-handed and and, and or, or completely with two finger only using two fingers on either hand, and it would still look better than almost everything Billy Tan did. At least if it comes to drawing Hal. Okay, he did he did draw Saint Walker pretty well, <laughs> but. But so the so the artwork I think in both books the artwork overall is not bad so I don't that's not I yeah. haven't had any major issues overall with 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 the art and I want Ivan Rice back yeah what's he doing now uh, covers books covers I think uh, I don't know if he's on I don't think he's doing any no consistent work Justice on, League or something yeah was he on that Justice League book that has Lobo for some reason. What, there's a Justice League book with Lobo right now? I think yeah. so. Justice League of America. Let me see where he is. You guys keep talking. I'll look Famous it American Lobo. <laughs> Old school Lobo. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not, <laughs> not the idiot trapped in the bottle <laughs> with Lord, please. Yeah, it's the classic <laughs> idiot. Hit the bottle. <laughs> Don't hit the bottle. Uh, so should we move on to where we're headed? I mean, we're kind of already there yeah. halfway. All yes. right, so... So where we're headed, Mark uh, or Myron, you guys want to talk about any of the solicits that we've seen recently or kind of where we're at in the current books, like what they're talking about in the in the little blurbs? Well, it sounds like we're going to have the yellows and the greens come apart 
and it almost looks more like with what we're seeing with Tomar too that it's going to be more of the greens causing the breakup than the yellow lanterns. That that seems to be what's coming on. Okay. Uh, and anything in the solicits that we should talk about? Because we're, we're we're coming up on summer, and DC's big on summer events, and I'm assuming this Flash, Batman, the button thing is leading into whatever big uh, DC thing that's coming up for the explanation of Rebirth. I'm assuming it's this going to be this summer, but who knows? I, I Are they doing that this soon? I don't think I so. Think they were gonna... I don't think so. There's not. There's. So is the but is this the button storyline just supposed to give us some sort of I don't more, know. Uh, more clues. Like, yes. Yeah, more clues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got the Dark Days thing coming up. Yes, that's. Kind I don't of, even know what that is. That oh, metal God, thing. The, the Dark Multiverse. What? It's the met, the metal DC metal. Is it, is that what they're calling that? Something like that. Yeah. There's the, that whole Dark Days book that's coming out. The Scott Snyder's doing with Jim Lee and Andy Kubert and John Romita Jr. And it does have Hal on the cover, and it and, and the solicit does mention that you know uh, he has to trust his closest. He has to regain the trust. Batman has to regain the trust of his closest allies, Green Lantern and Duke. Which I didn't realize that Green Lantern was one of his closest allies. But you know, Simon, maybe. yeah, especially since <laughs> yeah, Simon. especially yeah, especially since this is Batman just got through saying Hal's an ass or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my bro, Simon. Ah. <laughs> uh. Because I can work with you. Yeah, that's right. I can't work with anybody else, including that Kyle guy. <laughs> or John. The John Stewart, he's an ass, but I can work with you just because I can control you like, <laughs> like a puppet. <laughs> I can play you well, like a drum. As far as where we're headed, I have no idea. I can't really speculate on much. But uh, honestly, <laughs> maybe this is more of where we'd like things to go, but I think kind of ties in here. It, where we're headed, I can't I can't stomach any more issues like those Batman ones. Don't get me wrong, they were okay. But at the end of the day, those were just a vehicle to get Simon to get rid of his gun. We got two issues to get a story where Simon is now 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 gunless. <laughs> like it's but, that, well, it, it, it just other than the fact that he was gunless before. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it it just it's it was a, it, we're shipping uh, twice monthly, so we just wasted a month. Like usually, every now and then we would get before we were doing the twice monthly shipping. Every now and then it made sense to have oh this is just a fill in issue oh that's fine, but now we're taking two issues, <laughs> double the page count to do a fill in. Like what in the hell? <laughs> They, wanted, I just, they I, wanted those Batman readers to buy our books, Chad. That's what it's the kid. <laughs> I, I, just, yeah. I don't care. We, we, we've all said, okay, we, it may be you know, interesting. It's doing some things we've been wanting Green Lantern books to do, but it's not catching enough of our attention for them to just sacrifice a couple of issues every now and then to do this kind of stuff. I guess the saving grace is that it's only wasting one month instead of two. <laughs> wasting double the page count it, it only costs you six dollars to see how Baz got rid of his gun but you also got Batman oh hopefully they're building on something for Baz and Batman oh and you also got some half ass thing of why somehow Scarecrow was able to harness the power of the of fear yeah. I still don't understand how he was using the internet I have no idea <laughs> I, I, I'm on the internet a lot. I like the internet. I, I, I like the thing I have a, some grasp of how it works, and I don't understand what was happening in that story. 
But he, was, he analyzed the ring and somehow was able to, I don't know, yeah, save some you, of the base code of it. Yeah, by Who the knows? way, where did he get that outer space technology that he was using to analyze that ring? Well, he, 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 probably, he probably did what Mongol did and said, except I only have like 48 hours or whatever before this deputy, deputy stuff ends, so give me the abridged version of what this ring can do <laughs> and how you work. He's like, he's like, I'm used to listening to podcasts on like double speed. I can get through this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, call, God. he called up his doctor Manhattan <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a gym joke you should feel bad <laughs> yeah you should feel bad uh, anybody else about where we're headed I, this has always been like a the smaller of the three yeah, <laughs> but uh, still oh. um, Evil Star what? Oh yeah, that's right. Evil Star is coming coming well, up. Also, the Vol Thum Core. Let's yeah, let's let's go to that yeah, Green Lantern yeah. issue oh, that Jim right, and uh, right. the, uh, Mark went over. The, uh, the, the filler, that filler issue, which actually at least had some interesting points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what what about some some of Simon's Emerald Sight stuff? Oh, we're not doing that anymore. Okay. Oh, it, it'll, it'll, come, it'll come back. <laughs> that's how we'll find out where the Templar Guardians are. <laughs> hey, I. Hey, I for I honestly forgot he could bring he could like like fix people with his ring until he they brought it up with Polaris's brother. So yeah, there's there's a chance I could remember this. <laughs> I, I know, and he, and he worked wonders on Blees, so he, he he's just yeah. his magic man, <laughs> Simon Baz. God, I it's so it's so uh, I'm always so torn when I feel like their hearts in the right place with some of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like they try and they they're trying to give Simon something that makes him special, and they're trying to frame it in the context of, well, he's he's using his willpower to do something that he shouldn't be able to do. That's kind of what a Green Lantern's supposed to do, right? But it still doesn't come off quite right. Hmm. So this whole Volsung core thing, I mean. A little bit confusing as how those rings work. They they basically feed off of fear, right? Well, no, it's that's as, that's assuming it works the same way as Jessica uh, as uh, Jessica's power ring does. But okay. that would make sense because that's what the rings look like. That's what they that look like. They, yeah. That's what they, that's what they look like. However, uh, have we gotten anything about the origin of those rings? Are they from Earth three and Mordru, or are they something that? Wolfum has in his mind since he knows what happened to that quote unquote piece of his soul, and he's taking the concept and adapting it for himself. Because well, Wolfum is into play right now, so yeah. I assume yeah. that since he's in a he's hiding in a guardian, and the other two guardians that are alive, remember, brought him on to fix their issue with getting rings to do stuff. He's going to take the opportunity to like forge rings that he can control and send okay. out and make his own core. So these Remember? power rings are not going to operate exactly the way they do when they're the quote the in quotations power ring power ring from Earth three. But we have no way of really knowing at the moment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, but it's but it's not it's not made by Mordru, so why would it? 
<laughs> yeah, and you got to remember too in the most recent show of Green Lanterns, Ganthan Sade said to Rami slash Volthoom, "Hey, we have your notes stored away, so Volthoom's going to get to see how Rami made the rings. So he's probably going to make rings adapted in some way that work under his control." Mm-hmm. So maybe he will use a piece of his soul, like to. I guess they're all horcruxes. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's still possible they could work the same way as Earth Three, but because their their origin is going to be different, and you're getting the full Volthoom effect plus Guardian Tech, you still have to take into consideration the fact that it might not work the same way, uh, or even close to the same way it does when it's a true power ring from Mordru from Earth Three. Yeah, I mean, like I would like to see it be something new yeah you know like maybe it harnesses willpower to do something that the regular green lantern rings just don't or can't do you know like because if willpower is the power that does things you know and you have to have the willpower to use the ring you know like like we already have a ring where you can basically do it without feeling that emotion with the the spirit ring, um, yeah, it's a, no phantom ring. Phantom ring, phantom yeah. ring. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, you have that. Like maybe like this has like a couple of um, program things that it does. Maybe it's more like a dark star kind of thing, where it can like shoot blasts and it has like a containment field. And it just has, like, set things. So you can send it to whoever you want, and they don't necessarily have to feel willpower, but it harnesses willpower to do things. Hell, maybe the only way you can charge it is by by siphoning willpower out of other people. I don't it, They could do anything. I'm just excited by the prospect of new rings that aren't yet another single ring that use all the colors. Because, like, we got that from the White Lantern yeah. Ring. We got that from the Phantom Ring. I'm told that's what the Planet of the Apes story is about. I, the, ult- the, yes. ultimate, yeah. the yeah. ultimate ring. Yeah. And they never do anything satisfying with it. Never. Not once. Well, the, the White Lantern <laughs> no, no, Ring, they didn't. I think, no, they didn't. definitely the best of the three. I mean, because sure, conceptually, but, like, I again, they didn't really... They gave a book to it and didn't really do anything with it. True. Mm. They definitely could have done more. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more, I guess, life-based powers. Yeah. We don't, yeah. Like, like you said, like we don't know the full power set of the White Lantern ring. Like, there was a in um in like I guess two issues ago when uh, Kyle was gonna try and resurrect everybody, there was a panel. Where he just said says something like, "Man, why do people keep thinking, keep assuming I can bring people back from the dead?" I like put down the issue and said, "Man, screw you, man." Yeah, I know because I, I, I don't know Kyle because we kind of understood that white the white ring means life, and we've actually seen it happen before, and that was the that was the main unique quality to the white lantern ring that it was able to wrestle. And that's and again talk about you know pl- again plot points if you will. That's another. That's another stupid thing for Kyle to say because Kyle, because 
because you have Kyle who they've gone back and forth with this with Kyle and it gets annoying. He couldn't. Br- oh, I can't bring back Hal during uh, Wrath of the First Lantern because I can't resurrect. Yes, you can, douchebag. That's what your ring can do. Blues heal. You resurrect. Oh, I can't do that. Even though two an issue before he almost brought back the entire planet of Korrigar, they just. He opened the doorway. They just had to be willing to walk through it, and they chose not to walk through it. But he could have brought back an entire planet. Oh, but I can't bring back Hal. And then later on, and like a couple of issues ago, he did bring back Hal. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't entirely dead. He yeah. was close, but he was. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, he was. I'm not he dead, was dead yet. Dead-ish. He was dead-ish. He, he, he was, was in dead-ish. the train station. He wasn't yet uh, to his destination. Oh please! <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was in the lobby. He was waiting to board. He hadn't boarded yet. <laughs> I was able to reconstitute him from a shred of willpower left in the ring. I found his fingernail, and I, I, I let it grow in some water for a few months, and we got a howl. Oh, Lord. I, I found some DNA on Carol's clothes. So I didn't bother asking the question. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh man. Well, what, what about some other prophecy pages? Uh, does anybody have access to pull up the Emerald Sight stuff that Simon saw towards the beginning of the series? Didn't he see yeah, I can pull Tomar as a Red Lantern or something? Tomar too? Maybe I don't. That, I don't think it's that specified. That was in the issue Jim and I did that showed Tomar too. Well, no, he was he was a he was yellow. Bar. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't red. I was, I was going to say that he wasn't red, but they did. But he was highlighted in that issue as a threat. So maybe that, so oh, that okay. could possibly be what. I mean, unless it was in the Emerald Sight thing too, but that's what I remember. That what? To- Tom- Tomar 2 or Romat Rue? Yeah, well, that's the point. We don't really know. <laughs> okay. Well, no. Romat Rue! Romat Rue has a scarred face. That's right. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't, did it, did it, did I'm, I'm almost certain that it was Romat Rue. Yeah, it was okay. Romat. Okay. Evil Star, the, uh, the crystal bug thingies. I'm kind of seeing that. Yeah, which... Yeah, yeah. which... Yeah, I was right. It's prism beasts. <laughs> then there's these uh, giant celestial-looking robots that seem to be powered on different uh, colors of the spectrum. Oh yeah, those celestial things. Yeah, yeah. blue one. Are they different from the thing that came through the source wall? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it would yeah. have to be. I would assume so. Because th- yeah, that thing, they- that thing, that thing had like grayish blue skin and like reddish black talon yeah, type say, nails and shit. Something as it went through. Yeah. All right. But it does; those things do do look like they uh, came from the source wall. That's true. They, 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 their armor is very Kirby esque. Yeah, mm. but their colors are accented by different colors of the emotional spectrum. Is what it looks like. Damn relic! No idea where that's headed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe it's the new entities. Nah, they, nah. They're more like <laughs> robots. I know you're joking, but. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that the uh, it was interesting that the green one looked almost looked like Krona with the mustache. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it probably will be Myron. <laughs> We're about to, yeah, yeah, you know. for Krona to come back. It it's been a while. I just want his first words to be, "Where did you go?" <laughs> he's, he's in another uh, universe before ours. Oh, you know he got out. Oh wait. Maybe since he was stuck in the universe before ours, and like he went through the same thing that Galactus went through, so now he's like a Galactus creature. He, he, he's like Relic. He and Relic. <laughs> hey, buddy, remember oh, me? Oh, speaking of Relic. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of the previous universe, another drop plot point. Where the hell is that planet? 
Yeah. <laughs> Where's that entire planet of people from another universe prior to ours? And I don't I'm think re- it made it. I'm remembering so much. <laughs> um, anything else about where we're headed? Where we think we're headed or where we want to go? Where, 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 we're, where, we're, where we're currently headed, not where we want to go. Yeah, I mean, I think that covers most of it. I know that in the whole Voltum origin issue, we did get, like... Hints at the first seven lanterns that were created to defeat him. I don't yes. know if that's supposed to mean something or not with the seven of them. Well, they purposely put them in shadow, and that usually means we we plan to reveal later on. Yeah, I I would like to see that. Which they did. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys listened to the episode yet, Jim and Dan, but they did do a a whole uh, kind of retcon thing in in a way. They said that. The Green Lantern Corps was created to stop Volthoom, then they retired the rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For what what they say, like a billion years or something? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. And and then, so so that means the Green Lantern Corps was created in response to Volthoom, and there were only seven of them, and then they retired the whole concept, and then did the Manhunters, and then brought back the Green Lantern Corps. Bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> that's idiotic. Yeah, well, that's 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 what they're saying now, based on what that that's based on what that is. They definitely did say that they were created to stop Volthoom. Yep. Yeah, but you know what? That scene of them reciting that weird oath to to put all their emotions into that battery was super creepy. Yeah, the great and heart. I, yeah, and I appreciate it for that creepiness. <laughs> I still, I still so, think they should t- they might tie that into the paling because it would make perfect sense. Based on the energy color, the, the energy, the the, the the hue, the bluish energy, or, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the fact that it's about removing emotion and being emotionless. So that, especially since we know, not that we ever got a name, but one of the guardian, one of the guardians basically was, started the paling. So maybe <laughs> he hightailed it out of there. <laughs> and he had that knowledge. He was there at the time. Trust me, you're going to need this power. Um, so where we're headed, as far as like the last time we did this, I had ideas about where each lantern should be and what the title should be and blah, blah, blah. Less so now because I have no concrete ideas on that, but I, de- I still stick to one of the ideas I had uh, with, um, the prior, uh, state of the GL union. Mm-hmm. There has got to be a green lantern Bible. And I don't mean the Book of Oa. <laughs> I mean a Green Lantern Bible at the headquarters of DC. Some rules in which this fucking universe operates in. Don't get me wrong. We can, like, find new ways to apply powers. That's totally cool. We can do the Jeff Johns retcon approach where it's a new understanding of some sort of tech or whatever. But there needs to be rules in which this universe operates. There needs to be rules in which these characters themselves, the way in which they're portrayed, their personality, they can't be like just changing every issue. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, if something happens to them, yes, they need to react in a, a way consistent with both the situation and the character. But there's so much here that just keeps going off the rails that it's driving me nuts. I had a conversation with Ryan Daly, um, and he said that, you know what, at this point, you know, in, in his life, because he's, you know, getting so old, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, uh, 
that he just doesn't really care so much about the consistency continuity side of things so long as he gets a good story out of it and you know the logical part of my mind should agree with that because this is a medium that's been around nearly 100 years now so we we should be getting to the point where screw it we're, let's just be happy we're surprised <laughs> if something is is a good story but honestly when you're working within the confines of something like the DCU or the Marvel universe or whatever confined universe you're operating in with these properties, there has to be some history. There has to be some things that are written in stone. Like, can we please have something that makes sense and is consistent from issue to issue, title to title and mother effing creator to creator? Please. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think there are some things, but I mean... They're written on a freaking bar napkin, then. Well, no, I mean, like, there's there's certain aspects of Green Lantern. Yeah, the willpower ring is green. That's... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, you have the oath, you know, you have um, the concept of Oa, Mogo, the Guardians, you know, like the same basic Green Lanterns that show up, you know, every time. And, like, you know, kudos to having uh, Rotlop fan show up. You know, Actually, yes. Then, uh, it's just speaking yeah. of positive things. That was, that oh, was really yeah. cool to see. That happened. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, like, there are definitely <clears throat> things that they do keep consistent. It's just that, like you said, you know, now Green Lantern has been around coming up on a hundred years, you know, or, you know, in, in a while, it'll be a hundred years, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's about 20 something um, years in a while. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't pick a gym. <laughs> it's so easy. Did he go silent because he's hurt or because it, they're just cut out? I think he's gone. He heard, we heard nice. his feelings. Nice going, asshole. <laughs> Myron, you also do a Green Lantern podcast. You see this, right? You see this inconsistency. Like this is this is something more than just your standard. Oh, we just spaced that that happened. Like you know, last series or whatever. Like this is something that's like consistently becoming a a big deal and a problem. Sure, you know, and, and it's from simple art mistakes to to the big story plot points to how ba- things basically work. Um, it, it is problematic, and it's hard as a long time reader to adjust for that because you know how the universe. Sometimes you feel like you know more about how the universe works than the writers do, and that's scary to a point. You know, I want I want a good story, but I want it to make sense too. Amen, brother. Yep. No, it's weird. I feel like I'm probably, oh, except maybe with Corwin, because Corwin's always happy. But I feel like <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm the one that's like the happiest with the books right now, and I'm the one who isn't in a position where I have to review them, and I'm not really keeping up with the larger DC universe, and I just kind of let them pile up every now and then, and then read like. 20 of them in a shot and like on that level on i guess on that casual level like it's enough you know where like i have like there's enough going on and i have enough history 
with the older stuff to fill in and appreciate like the little things they do put in there. But I'm very much not approaching the books the same way you guys are. And I'm having a vastly different experience with it, which is not great because it's like they're serving one type of reader while while ignoring another. But I don't know. This is this is a very enlightening Skype call. <laughs> We're glad you could help. I just like that they're doing some things that are different now. They're branching out with villains that aren't necessarily Lantern villains and DC Universe things. I mean, are we spoiling some of the current stuff going on? No, I mean, it, I mean we haven't said it, and we haven't really done big spoilers, but I would... Oh, I'll, I'll leave it I, on. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I would assume everybody would know that since we're remarking on where we are currently, that would lead us into everything that is currently published is up for grabs. Okay. Yeah. I already said Kyle's white ring fell apart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like Rip Hunter coming, showing up in a book. I didn't expect that. It was pretty welcome. I mean, let's see what they're going to do with the time travel and stuff like that. And, you know, Dr. Polaris. I mean, they're bringing in some, even when they brought in a Brainiac, it's like, okay, they're really tapping into DC stuff, not just, you know, straight lantern stuff. Yeah, it, that's that's cool, but I think... You know, I, I, I was thinking about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking about kind of resolving myself to try and be a little bit more positive because I feel like I'm a, a lot of the time lately I'm just kind of hyper-focusing on the negative and not the positive. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just my personality. I don't know. But I think the I think the issue is what I just said about where, where we should go with these is the Green Lantern Bible. To me – it doesn't matter what they do until they have some consistency. I'm going to be losing my mind <laughs> in the back of my head. Like I, I it, maybe it's just like, maybe we've just been doing this so long in terms of, you know, when I first started reading, obviously I wasn't part of the lantern cast, but because I started listening at the same time I started reading my involvement in green lantern has never been just reading the books it, it, it's always been paired with an, an analysis of some sort, whether I'm listening or participating. So I'm prone to remembering what happened in ABCD. I'm prone to knowing, like keeping a active list in my head of how these things are supposed to work and what the rules are and recognizing when those rules are broken. And all I'm seeing now is more and more and more and more rules being broken. And that's driving me nuts because it's – I don't know. I, I've already said it, and I don't really plan on doing any rants. But it's just like it's it's affecting my enjoyment of it. Don't get me wrong. I know, guys. Like I can point out like, – like like I said, the Volthoom issue. I can point out the cool things like, hey, Sam Humphreys did the whole Frank thing from the Silver Age issue back and blah, blah, blah. And it's cool that uh, – you know, Venditti's doing this, and oh, hey, they brought back Rotlop Fan. Like, those things are cool. But shouldn't I be going, oh, man, that was just an entirely phenomenal issue. I have no issues whatsoever with it. Like, even the Volthoom issue, I'm like, wait, didn't they just retcon the entire origin of the Green Lantern Corps? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, like, I don't know if it's maybe just my personal history with reading Green Lantern. Like I said, I've never read Green Lantern just straight. It's always been paired with analysis in some way, shape, or form. But I don't. I don't know. 
It's just they could do a lot of different things, but until there's some sort of consistency, it's going to be on my mind, and it's going to bother me. Maybe I just need to let go. I don't know. Maybe I need to take a Valium before I read. I don't know. <laughs> but then we, but we need the weekly Chad rant. <laughs> but like, I just, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know what, what needs to happen. But like, for me, for me personally, outside of changing my personality with either drugs or heavy therapy, <laughs> I, I need some consistency to be able to see these things as works of art that they should rightfully be. You know what the sad part, too, is like, how long has Venditti been writing? Five years? No, not five years, but since John's left, right? It's about four. It's about four, because it had to be 2013 when John's left, because that's when you and I got the show at the end of the year. Thanks, guys. We got the show in the fall after John's left, because everybody else was like, now's a good time to leave. And you guys were right. <laughs> uh, and you said yes. <laughs> you were so much younger and naive then. <laughs> yeah, those inconsistencies are just even worse when you consider that at least one of the books has always had one writer. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Even though no. not all those plot points and inconsistencies were his creation, were but, his. Some of, but some of them were. Some of them were, and, he, and again, it's his job to know at least what's going on in, in, in the books, especially when you're inheriting. <laughs> when you're inheriting the baby, you kind of need to know what the background is. So it's like, yeah. And again, that goes back to the Eddie Braganza thing. Like, even if it's not Robert Venditti leading the entire Green Lantern Corps and maybe consulting with Sam Humphreys on a time, at the yeah, very least. editor. At the very least, Eddie Braganza should be making Venditti and Sam Humphreys talk to each other, communicate every now and then. <laughs> yep. And it's not happening. So, uh, I don't know. I'll let somebody else talk, because <laughs> you guys get my point at this point. <laughs> Anything else I say to that effect would just be repeating myself. Yeah. Chad, I, Chad, I think a lot of it comes from we're, we're invested in the title and the characters in the universe, and sometimes we feel like we're more invested than the creators are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe if you didn't care so much about the universe, you would overlook those things. You might not even notice them. Uh, some of it's glaring. Some of it is just well, – yeah, yeah, I've read yeah. the book before. You know, If you've been keeping up some – even casually reading, you, you, you'll catch when things don't jive. And even even little things oh. like why St. Walker has his like, mental block about who Guy Gardner is. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. <laughs> Yeah, maybe there's a plot point. It's gonna again. We might think they're all plot points, but they're gonna be touched upon, and probably won't be. But it's like I think he should know who Guy Gardner is, one way or the other. <laughs> DC's listening to us taking notes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> reason four fifty one to blackball these jabronis. Check. And <laughs> <laughs> reason three ninety eight. Why it's specifically Chad's fault. Oh. Somewhere, in, somewhere in that office, somewhere in that office is just a dartboard with like Chaz's Facebook photo just printed out on it. <laughs> Eddie Braganza keeps grumbling, <laughs> just dot, tossing darts. Dot, dot matrix printed too. <laughs> oh yeah, and then written over with marker yes. so they don't actually have to look at them. Oh lordy. 
All right, where else does everybody think we should be heading in the Green Lantern universe? Where should we be heading? Yeah, where should we be heading? What should we do? Like, wh- what would you want the Green Lantern universe to be? In your ideal world, what would the Green Lantern universe consist of? Either X number of titles, how would it be done, what characters? I mean, story arcs you have in mind? I mean, it's wide and open. It could, be where, it could be where you think it's going to go, too, if you want to do both. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that would make sense, too, where you think we're going to go and where you would like to see us go. I mean, I, for me personally, like I'm, I'm good with the books we have right now. I, I'd like to see them tweaked in some way that I can't really define. But like, I'm, I'm pretty good if they just keep these two as they are f- for right now and just like do a little bit better. Um, two plot things I would love to see because it would be really easy and make sense. Would be, you know, we find out that the Templar Guardians are off training and like mentoring the white lanterns it probably won't be but it would be an easy fix and the second is like like for, for as much as we've been talking about the volthoom issue nobody's brought up like the thing that jumped out at me about it which is something i really hope they use which is it they probably won't but it, it they set it up so it would make perfect sense for volthoom to be directly responsible for lights out and the entities going away, and all that stuff, because they set it up where he's tied directly to the emotional spectrum. He is immortal as long as that spectrum exists. Like, Necron said the words, Mm -hmm. you cannot die as long as there is light in the universe. So who would want all of that to go away? Hmm, I wonder. Maybe if he's still suicidal, he may have now changed. He may have now he may be flipping, flipping and seeing the other side of living now. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even remember if like if lights out has been resolved or if that just got if that was a casualty of the change in direction from uh, the the other universe thing. But what do you mean resolved? You mean explained away? Like, like did they explain it? Did they like? figure out where the entities went was this like was this like a lost army change so we're not doing this anymore kind of situation it was just left that wherever in quotes the source of the the reservoir of the emotional spectrum is that's supposedly where the entities went to refill it uh that's yet another thing that can be resolved whether it's related to the dr manhattan thing or anything else there's a that's there's lots of things that can be explained away whether that was the original intention or not because of what's going to happen with that event relating to you know rebirth and everything, the entity. Yeah. So I, I would like. Well, I don't want to get it. Put the cart in front of the horse, but no. At this part, um, I would say all we know is that that supposedly would happen. That they refilled the reservoir, but we don't really know where that reservoir is. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where it is or what that means right. or why this happened yep. to begin with. I just feel like like they've worded it in, in a very particular way that made it sound like, well, this piece fits really well. <laughs> That's me. Jim? Uh, I got nothing. That's <laughs> 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 <was> good. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Articulate as ever. Um... I'd like to see them, um, you know, still have rings and be able to harness willpower. So, Myron, what um, about you? <laughs> I, you know, actually, what I really like 
is like, I don't know, maybe a couple more rings that can access all the colors, <laughs> but in different ways. Um, because I, you know, I think they really touched on something with the, the ape ring and the, um, the, the phantom ring or the spirit ring or the shadow ring or whatever it is. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I really want to see more of that. You probably will one way or the other. <laughs> no, definitely. No, but honestly, I would like to see them touch on the, um, the, the, the paling. You know, because they, they never really, they never define that energy. And I'm sure that, like, you know, down the road at some point, maybe they don't have anything planned for it now. Maybe it'll be, like, another writer or something like that down the road that read that issue. And they're like, hey, we could do something with this and create some kind of, like, anti-emotion energy. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Corwin? Um, much like they said earlier, I'm kind of okay with the direction we have now. Um, just some few tweaks here or there. Definitely want a bit more sci-fi stories. Um, I'm glad we have, you know, the yellow and the green working together now as partners. I like that. Um, something I wanted for a while just so we can get a little bit away from the spectrum and just more more different stories, sci-fi stories like they've been doing, bringing in different villains just from the DC, just some stuff that's different for a while. Even if we get a third book, I'd like some kind of anthology because I really miss like the Tales of the Core book where we get different lanterns and their stories and other stuff going out in the universe. And if necessary, they can come back to it in a main book or something like that. That's it. That's just a given at this point, I think. Yeah, the anthology needs to happen. Corin, are you still? Corin, are you still binding all these? Oh yes, man. More power to him. <laughs> That's a lot. All right. I've got I've got the Dark Age coming now. Four, four more volumes. So I'm looking forward to getting that in. What does this say that like the biggest chunk of your binding collection is all Carl, called the Dark Age? That's <laughs> <laughs> only four issues. I just named that. The era, the last era we had a Green Lantern before Rebirth, and I, I can't even take the credit for it because that's all Jim. <laughs> I was looking for a name, and Jim Jim coined that one for me. I think it fits. <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> yeah. Byron? Well, in terms of what I'd like to see, uh, I'm sure my opinion will be a very unpopular one. Um, Cancel. But – <laughs> yeah, frankly, I would I would like to see them do something to cull the herd. Um, I think we've got just too many Earth Lanterns. I'd like to see, you know, maybe not kill somebody off, but maybe um, bring back something like the Dark Stars and move some of the characters to a different franchise because the it's so compact right now. Spread it out a bit. Um, I would like to see Hal Jordan off in his own book so that it doesn't delude the core stories and have the core in their own book. And like Corwin said, I, I think an anthology of some sort, either in a quarterly book or perhaps a backup feature, would be great. In a nutshell, that's what I'd like to see happen. So do you feel like they made a mistake turning Kyle from white and turning Guy back to green? Because they tried yes. to give them different colors for a while and separate the Earth Lanterns, but everybody feel like they should have left it that way, or do you, we want them all green? 
I, I don't think it matters because you know either whether they're what, no matter what ring they're wearing, they're still going to be front and center in the, in the books. In some book, you know, before it was easy to do because each one had their own book, and now you're trying to gel them all together. I, I just think we've got too much congestion, um, if for two books. Unless we're going to get a third book, and right now the sales numbers don't justify a third book. Um, I'm wondering how much longer the sales numbers are going to justify a twice-monthly book. Yeah, especially with Vince Skyver on art. If they go monthly, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind a monthly and then throwing a third book. Yeah, I could deal with that. That'd be fine. The issue they always have, or at least this past time when they had all these books, is that, yeah, they, they spread the characters out and give them each of their own room to breathe, but all of their books end up being so incredibly similar. that and crossovers, too, of course. Yeah, and then there's crossovers that are just not capitalized on well, and... I don't know. It's, it feels like no matter which direction they go, it's not going to fit right. Because if they go, if they expand the line, they end up with too much redundancy. And if they collapse the line down, they try to pack too much into one space. Um, yeah, I haven't said I, mean, I, I haven't said anything about the uh, the changing of Kyle from white to green, but I don't like it. Uh, I know that you know Mark said this before, but. You know, there are always going to be those people who are going to be upset that Kyle isn't, you know, a special little snowflake in one way, shape, or form. And, <laughs> that was not a direct I'm, quote, by the way. <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty damn close, and I am willing to go call old episodes. To no, prove don't that get it me wrong. I'm not saying that I don't, I don't say it with a certain with a certain attitude or indig, indignation. There, I, I have. I just always stated like there's a certain percentage of Kyle fans that pretty much are never happy or are never going to be happy with what, whatever because deep down they only want to go back to when Kyle was the only Green Lantern and nothing else is going to make them happy again. So and that's true. There's a certain because you just see how that percentage of fans always complain even though DC keeps trying to make Kyle special to give them <laughs> kind of like a nod to them to say, see, he is something special. We're having him do something nobody else has ever done, and they still don't like it. So that's what I mean. But I didn't call. But I didn't drift into the political ramifications necessarily of calling them snowflakes. So it probably would fit. <laughs> okay, uh, Jack, but, there but, you go. But, but regardless, I actually liked Kyle specifically as a White Lantern because that name that gave him an excuse to not only interact with the Green Lantern Corps but every other corps when they started the White Lantern Corps I thought that'd be cool when they gave him a relationship with the Templar Guardians I thought okay cool so we kind of have the Kyle again that vibe back but he's got a little group of them to himself that he can kind of work with um, and then you know and he's still kind of torchbearer so you have like all these various pieces and I was excited to see more of that honestly but the only way to me that you can make this turning Kyle into green back into a Green Lantern work is if he's being handled by the likes of like Tomasi and Gleason, hmm. but but he's not, and Venditti's not that, and the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps specifically the core the Green Lantern Corps aspect those characters and the way that dynamic is being run now. It's not the same dynamic as it was back when Tomasi and Gleason were doing it. So I don't see you having a lot of really good, like, Kyle being one of the guys <laughs> things like you did with the Tomasi-Gleason era. You think he'll get lost in the shuffle? 
I think he'll get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I There is potential. I'm not so blind that I can't see that there is potential in turning him back into a Green Lantern <laughs> and seeing him interact with Hal and Guy and John. Because I've said a thousand times before, as split up as all these Green Lanterns were, we eventually got to the point where they weren't the humans weren't even interacting with each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, where was the brother relationship between Kyle and Guy? You know, those types of things were just gone for us. So don't get me wrong. I do see the potential that by throwing him as a Green Lantern and keeping them all in the same book, we have that potential back. But because of all the other things going on just in that one title, he's way more likely to get lost in the shuffle than we are to get the focus on the relationship between them again. So if yeah, they how took- do you feel about oh, – go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to change the subject. Go ahead. You go first. Oh, okay. I was just going to ask Chad how he would feel about a Kyle backup feature or series where he was off doing the White Lantern Space Jesus bit. I'd be fine with that so long it was it was as it was somewhere along the lines of that uh, New Guardian series that we were getting. Don't get me wrong. I get that it was kind of tapering off towards the end, and even I, as much as I was enjoying that title and said so in the reviews, I. I still saw it kind of slipping, so there would be some things that would have to happen, but it just mm. give me New Guardians back. That was mm. a great series to me, and you were putting it – You were the chess pieces were being positioned in such a way that it was going to be an epic game, but we never got the crescendo. Mm-hmm. You know, We just got the buildup, and we're like, okay, everything's where we need, and cancel. <laughs> <laughs> so... Good, Corman. So as long, if, if they gave us a backup feature or another series where Kyle is basically back to the spot where he was at the end of that New Guardian series, and we just continue on from there, that I'd be happy. <laughs> and I, but as I said, I'd be happy with him being back as a Green Lantern if we had a chance to focus on his relationship with John and Guy and Hal and everybody else. But. I don't see us getting those chances to focus on him quite as much. Yes, he's there, and he might be in the background, and he may be part of a story arc, but eventually he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, but I mean, I could see Kyle going to another book as a Green Lantern. You know, like, it could very well be that they've decided that Kyle is one of the more likable ones, and maybe they want to put him with the Titans or something like that. And maybe, like, as a White Lantern, he's not really going to fit. Also, if they want to put a Green Lantern in the Titans, like, he'd have to be a Green Lantern. He is a good Green Lantern. He's the youngest-ish kind of one of, like, the established Green Lanterns. So, like, maybe, like, maybe what they're working on is, you know, transitioning him to another book. So he can be special somewhere else. Or help. Put him on the Justice League. Like Simon and Jessica have their own book. They don't need the, the space. True, true. You know, the, the Titans would be a great idea just because I realized Wally, to the real Wally, is back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Kyle and Wally again. Hey, wait a minute. Have we seen Jade in the New 52 yet? Nope. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Presumably, we should be getting a JSA book and a Legion oh. book at some point, right? That that was kind of promised. That was kind of promised to us in the Rebirth special. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 They're, they what book was it? Superman. They showed uh, what's her name? Saturn Girl, I think. Oh, did they? In in prison in some 
either prison or loony bin. I forgot what book it was, though. I just glanced through it. No, well, the Rebirth special had her in an interrogation room, and she said she had to see Superman. So I think it was it may have been in a Superman book. I th- yeah, I think it might have been her. like one of those uh those Justice League Suicide Squad things, the tie-ins. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the Batman pin it issue? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Batman twenty one, I think. Yeah, with the I was, cover. By the way, speaking of the rebirth issue, I was actually most excited to see whatever spent spun out of uh what's his name? Johnny Thunder. Oh yeah, I was like, oh shit! Like real JSA is back. Let's see where this is going. <laughs> and nothing so far. <laughs> yeah, it takes yeah. Time, man. It takes time. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately gonna. That and Legion are probably both gonna be very tied to whatever the larger overall plan is. So we're probably if, gonna if, wait. And if Jeff comes back to write it, write a series, it's gonna be one of those two. I can almost guarantee. Oh God, that. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Make, make it, J- I kinda, make it JSA because Legion's just going to get canceled anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like well, maybe he knows that and he wants to, I mean, I mean, to take some, Legion because he knows he doesn't have to stay for a long. I mean, spin. some <laughs> some <laughs> books or some characters are just not. I mean, I you never want to say never because you do believe if the writing is good enough that you might be able to bring life to a character. But it's like when Marvel was on their big kick of always bringing back Man Thing, and they still are. Right? Do they have Sal- who's writing it? Is it Salvatore? Is it R.A. Salvatore? <laughs> no, R.L. Stein. Stein. I knew it was someone of the two. Yeah, it's like, like man, things just never gonna work. It's just not a character that's interesting enough to sustain a book. You just keep bringing him back, and you know, hey, I liked, I liked when I was a kid. I liked Werewolf by Night, and Werewolf by Night lasted for like almost fifty issues, so I was pretty good. But they've tried to jumpstart that that character and that series like so many times since. It's like it's it's just. It's just not likely to work. So, but Mark, but Mark, yes, you have the opportunity, nay, the privilege, <laughs> of holding in your hands R.L. Stein's giant size man. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I, I, I better use gloves. <laughs> um, now, before I talk, before, um, well, before I talk about where we, why. Would like to see us go, Corwin. You said you wanted to change directions, or did you already throw that out? Yeah, you, you were asking what would you be happy with, or something like that. I forgot. It'll come back to me. Right. I was talking about Kyle. <laughs> It'll come back to me. All right. I mean, things that I would like, things that I would like to see going forward. Uh, I like to see Owa come back. I think it's about time now. Because Venditti wiped that out early on during Lights Out. I think that's that's usually about the range we go. How many years with Oa being destroyed? <laughs> usually full. And then John needs to destroy it again. Let's bring Zanchi back and have <laughs> no, him do it round two. Stay dead. But, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, Kyle could have brought Oa. I wonder. If, I wonder if. Uh, Dr. Manhattan would have let him bring Oa back before he tried the blues. <laughs> That's one of the only important things about John's character, right? Planet Killer? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I would like I'd like to see the entities come back, whether they're the original entities or following. Well, go ahead. They, they started. Right. I was going to say, got the red whether, one. The, whether they're yeah. the originals or whether they're going to be like seedlings to grow new ones. That was one of the cool things about the rage, about Atrocitus' plan. Not just the long-term thinking and pretending, looking like we lost, but knowing ultimately, you know, we 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 succeeded in doing what we were doing. Is what that success was being grow the first actual growth of a new entity since they were wiped out, which pretty much would indicate real realistically that all the cores could somehow 
bring back a fear entity. But could even I mean bring back their own entity. And the fear entity could be that could have been the seed could already be in Sinestro when he drained all the life energy out of Parallax. Maybe the only thing that was left was that initial seed to plant to grow a new one. And plus we do know that the stupid con- the convergence parallax still has an entity, so he could always confiscate that one if he needed one. Uh, so I, I would like them to do away with the res- with the reservoir, uh, you know, ma- make this, the emotional spectrum finite again. Whether you know whether Robert Venditti always knew in his mind how to write write his way out of it when he did it, or whether that's going to be another byproduct of what ha- you know of the whole rebirth New Fifty Two Flashpoint explanation. I like to see that done away with and go back to the way it was, um, which kind of ties into something we were originally going to talk more about, but it's not a big deal about how the emotional spectrum has changed. But I like it to be more where, you know, it's the amount of hope in the universe helps fuel the blues and the rage and everything else, not where it's a finite amount of basically all energy and you're just pulling from, and you're pulling from mm-hmm. it. Uh, That's why I want the Volthoom thing to happen because then, like, that would undercut the whole – concept yes. of the reservoir yes, i agree with that if they're gonna if we're gonna call the herd i nominate simon bass to go first i don't really oh. i really don't see that he serves much of a purpose so if somebody's gonna go out in the blaze of glory i nominate simon bass partially because i don't really see how that book long term is going to survive with jessica and simon i think you can keep jessica in it maybe not by herself but which would be an opening to throw either guy or kyle or somebody else in that book with her that might work. Having these two, these two characters together, I don't think it's going to work long term. Nor do I think it really should work long term. So I think that would serve two, two points there. Uh, I do want the Blue Lanterns back. Not, I was more. I see. This is one of those things where because they tease you in front of this, now it's like they, you want them to deliver. I would have been perfectly content with say Walker reforming a new Blue Lantern Corps. I would even. I really didn't even consider bringing back the old ones. Now that we got that teased in front of us, I want that to happen. Once that obstacle is yeah. removed, I want Worth, Sister Cersei, the whole group, the original group back to team up with whoever Saint Walker has recruited in the meantime, which would be a nice plus since the Blues always get crapped on. Plus, it builds us towards potentially the nice part of Jeff Johns' ending in, of Green Lantern 20 where he mentioned that St. Walker is basically going to help reform the Blue Lanterns into having a core that rivaled the Green Lanterns in number at one point. So I think the Blues deserve a break. We got, and it still seemingly would be relevant or is going to be relevant in what happens with that event because the Blues seemingly must be a major piece if who's ever behind everything is trying to keep them off. So I would like to see the Blues be back on for multiple reasons. I agree with with Chad, I don't like Kyle going back to green, though it could serve – see, it could serve multiple purposes short term. I want him to go back to being white. He can be green short term. If he, if he teams up with Jessica, I think that would work. An obvious thing that would have worked if they – but again, it would have been exactly what everybody's afraid of, them being off the table for a while. He could have teamed up with St. Walker, which would have been a natural partnership, with the green and the blue working off each other and help and – help. that would have been perfect, but it would have been off screen in all likelihood so that – not viable for you know most people wouldn't like that, but that would have been that would have been doable I think as far as justification for why he turned green went back to green. I do want him to go white eventually, back to being a white lantern. I also think another purpose of him being green, though you can make a case he could do it as white too, is he it's the torchbearer. We were told about the fact that as long as Kyle's alive, you know, as long as he's basically alive, he can bring the guardians back. 
So maybe at some point we're going to get the resurrect. Once again, we're going to get another <laughs> Guardians like 4.0, and so maybe Kyle will bring back the bring back the Guardians again, and maybe not. And just hope they don't turn idiots this time. <laughs> now the track record doesn't point in that direction. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's if there's anything else of relevance. Um, we know I'll bring them back as teenagers. <laughs> bringing them back as kids was a good idea. They just probably didn't stay kids long enough. That yeah. was part of the problem. Uh, uh, God, what if the Templar Guardians have just been hanging out at Carol's house all this time? <laughs> I'm not even going to go there because there's, there's so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like eating all our food. Is she, is she that desperate now? <laughs> <laughs> Any port in the storm, Carol Ferris, as we've seen in the Star Trek Green Lantern stuff, doesn't really matter. Just put her anywhere; she'll latch onto somebody, which is kind of an insult to the way her character really used to be. So I don't really like the way they've taken that. But uh, I don't like. I certainly don't want what they hinted at. I don't want Kyle going back with Sorenik. I don't want that because Sorenik should have more pride than that too. <laughs> you she, could pick, she could pick somebody better, in all honesty, than Kyle. And because of what Kyle, you know, Kyle didn't, you know, he didn't really, well, he did, he did it intentionally in the sense that he knew he was lying to her, but he didn't really mean to hurt her. But nonetheless, he did hurt her. He did kind of screw her over to a certain extent. So she really shouldn't be certainly so quick to entertain the idea of going back. Um, I think, and we talked about all these different plot points. Not that we're going to see this happen anytime soon. If friggin' Cullen Bunn was right now, Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, we would have a lot of these plot points resolved pretty quickly. Because <laughs> oh, most yeah. of those plot hanging, <laughs> those hanging plot points, or hanging chads, if you will, but um, bump, are all because, oh, because of Cullen Bunn. Because, Never get tired of that, too. All right, so I think that's it for where I wanted the book to go. I don't really expect this. I don't expect to see much of this, really. I expect. I I don't know if I expect to see Kyle go white again anytime soon. Possibly, I do expect some form of the blues to come back because it'd be ridiculous at this point not to. I don't know about the entities. Power. Oh, I didn't say parallax. I want parallax to come back, but I don't know when. I don't know how they're going to do it. And since there was such an abortion of a return the last time, they they got to they got to clean that up. What a waste to bring back, to have the the have the zero hour parallax to use again, and then to screw it up and have the friggin' fear entity take control of them in five minutes. What a friggin' waste. What's the point? But really, was I mean, it's so it was such a moronic handling of the cast that character. So still a pisses me off because that was such a golden opportunity to tell stories with that character and eventually yeah you could make you knew knew you kind of knew he had to get to that point because the fear entity was inside of him but you didn't have to do that that quick and just screw up the stories we could have got but maybe there's a story to tell where you know where maybe he gains control over parallax or still has the power but just doesn't have the entity in him anymore he looks like the parallax we know but no longer has the entity in him but. Speaking of storylines, we'd like to see. I, I mean, we we just mentioned the cores in general, but like honestly, I want an Indigo story arc, and I want a Star Sapphire story arc. Like I, I remember how good Sense of the Star Sapphires was. Mm. Very. Like I mean, just and that was what the, the trade for that was tiny. It was like what four issues. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. So like, it's it's possible. Like, and we're talking about like the Templar Guardians being missing. Does anybody, I don't even remember. Were there any Zamorans left? Yes, I believe so. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch. Okay, like, so where are they? What's their place in all of this? Uh, what's going on with that? Like, you're forgetting the Star Sapphire core entirely, 
what's up with the what's up with the Zamorans? Where are they in all this mess? And if they're immortals and they have some connection to the Guardians and stuff, would they be looking for them? Would they care? Like, I mean, I'm just out of curiosity. What's going on with them? Well, there's also controllers out there that we there haven't is. seen since like forever. You know, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, technically speaking, there's probably other guardians in a higher realm somewhere also. Hmm. Emerald space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, what about what about Green Lantern and other media? I don't mean to drag us out anymore, just by, but I, I feel like we should talk about what we would hope to see, what we would expect to see of Green Lantern and other media going forward. Bring a cartoon back. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Blue Lantern Razor. Yeah. That was a really good show. God, it's so good. I would expect another uh, animated, directed DVD animated movie. Do they still do those? I don't even know anymore. Oh, yeah, they're still doing yeah. them. They just did uh, Judas Contract. Really? They finally did that? Yeah. They've been talking about that since before we gave you this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they finally did it. Wow. Uh, the next one is a, uh, a Bruce Tim Batman and Harley Quinn special. Okay, that could be cool. Yeah. So lately, it's lately though the problem has been it's, it's either Justice League or Batman. Or Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Justice League Dark was pretty freaking cool. <clears throat> but still. Yeah, I recently rewatched First Flight and um, Emerald Knights, and both held up better than I remembered, especially First Flight. <sighs> yeah. Which I feel like my opinion of that movie is better now than it was back when I watched it a long time ago. Yeah, I don't think I remember. I don't remember that movie very fondly. You know, and I just put it in because I felt like watching something and like I'm like, oh, okay, actually, the animation and voice acting and writing is better than I remembered it again. Maybe it's because I'm not as close to this now. But yeah. It actually is a better movie than I gave it credit for before. That's the, it's the same medium, but it's, so it's not necessarily Green Lantern and other media. But I feel like we've got, I mean, it's obvious, we've gotten an influx of Green Lantern and other stuff. Green Lantern Star Trek, Green Lantern Planet of the Apes, Green Lantern Space Ghost Special. Do you think we should be getting more of those? Or do you, are, are you kind of done with the crossover type stuff with other publishers? I think it depends. I mean, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm done with I'm I'm done with the Star Trek thing. Even though this issue this arc hasn't ended yet, I'm I'm done. I don't want to I don't want to see another one next next year. I think we need a break if we're if they're going to do another one. Planet of the Apes so far I've liked a little bit more, but I but I like probably deep down I like Planet of the Apes as a franchise more than Star Trek too. But the, I'm not a real I'm they're not doing that much for me. So as far as those kind of crossovers go. I I could definitely do with a a break at least. I'm open to more as long as like I don't want sequels. Like I don't want another Star Trek one or another Apes one. I'd like if they can come up with another sci-fi franchise that they can cross it over with. Then Green yeah. Lantern TMNT. Yeah, exactly. Power, yeah. Power, Puff, Power Puff Girls. Holy crap! Go, yes. Ghostbusters. 
<laughs> I have avoided all those so far, though. The first Star Trek one was alright. It was alright. The first one was alright. This one's not. And, and they, well, there's one. They need to stop. Sorry, they need to stop doing everything. As much as I like the emotional. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked it wasn't me for a change. Uh, <laughs> as much as I love the emotional spectrum, they need to do stories that not are always involved the emotional spectrum and the crossovers. Just have a Green Lantern crossover if you need to. Kind of like because that's what Space Ghost was, right, Chad? It was just the Greens. There wasn't anything more to it than the Green Lanterns. As far as yeah, the, it was just as how far as the spectrum goes. I mean, I know it was just how. But yeah. yeah, do something like more of those would be okay. Not every you know. So yeah, I think we need a. Not everything has to be, oh, some variation on Sinestro's new plan and wiping either and killing, our, killing St. Walker and Arkillo in a weird way or screwing them over in another way and pushing everybody off the table except for Hal and Sinestro and maybe Carol when she's not <laughs> dittering and fooling around with somebody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I think that's why I think Plan of the Apes is so up to this point is more interesting. So I like the, the way they take that take a little bit more than – than Star Trek, but yeah. Well, speaking of other other series, uh, I, I'd like to review it on the show, but I know we have some <laughs> catching up to do before we even do that, so I'm not going to promise anything, obviously. But um, if anybody out there is reading Scooby Doo Team Up, it's fantastic. It's like a love letter to DCU stuff, like the way in which they do things and the call outs to certain things are just. It's it's really 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 good, um, and it's good fun comics. Obviously, it's you know more for kids, but still, Scooby Doo Team Up recently came out. Uh, it was on uh, I think the twenty sixth of April. Uh, it was a Scooby Doo uh, meets Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Cool. And so it was it was pretty awesome. Myron, I don't know. Did, are you guys reviewing like everything over on Blogaboa, or have y'all talked about that or no? I haven't talked about it um, because it was a rather short issue. I, I just didn't cover it. I, it was a fun book. Um, yeah. I, I thought I, there was a, there was some nice little nods to things in there that was kind of fun. I think um, the, the humor was more based around Green Arrow than Green Lantern, but yeah. um, Hal was kind of the straight man in this story. Yeah, I've always I, – I've, I've really, really, really enjoyed Scooby-Doo Team Up. Um, they, they did a they – a super pets type of thing with Ace the Bat Hound and Crypto and Nort was in there. <laughs> so so there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Uh, other comic related, but uh, other types of titles and stuff that I think are interesting. I'd like to see more one shots, honestly. I, I, one shot, like we were talking about earlier, the anthology series would be cool. But honestly, just a regular one shot every now and then would be cool. Yeah, it kind of caught me off guard when uh, Green Lanterns did that one right after the the, 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 the Phantom Ring arc. I'm like, oh, that was just one issue. Nice. Yeah. I'd like to see, uh, speaking of things we'd like to see, I'd like to see annuals be used again for one-shot type stories instead oh, of a cut, instead of just another issue to throw in there. Was the Space Ghost thing just one? Yes. Nice. Do you do you think that annual things would like drop sales though? Sales on those would drop if it's not connected to the main book. Uh, I don't. I I don't think so. I mean, now we're getting two two issues of every series a month. It's like, wouldn't people want like a nice breath of fresh air every now and then? True. 
I could see that. Anything else? Other media? Where ideas of where we should add story arcs? Anything like that? It's hard to say with story arcs because there's so much they could do, but there's no clear direction with what they're doing yet because things can be so random. I mean, the whole Rip Hunter thing was just like, you know, literally out of nowhere. So it's hard to say what I want. I started writing a fan fiction a long time ago, then I never picked it up because, you know, fan fiction. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Dramatic reading. Do it. Make it happen. <laughs> um, How many actors do you need? <laughs> I thought it'd be cool to uh, have, like, a, a story arc where we explain. And a lot of the ideas I have are all, like, past. I'd like to see stuff that happened in the past, not necessarily that's happening, you know, to the universe, but elsewhere that we're just not seeing right now. But um, we saw how Kilowog became a Green Lantern and, you know, earned his little badge. Have we ever seen how he became the trainer of the Corps? What he did to earn that? Uh, I don't think we ever have, and that was kind of the the impetus of the uh, of the fanfic. Uh, of the fanfics. Well, yeah, Emerald Knights. We saw how he got his his symbol from went from a rookie to a Green Lantern, but we never saw how he became the trainer of the Corps. True. Yeah. So. That was kind of the focus of my uh, of my little fanfic I started several years ago, um, but I'd like to see something like that, like just just as an idea to throw out. How did he earn that position? Because it's no way he went from rookie to earning his badge, and oh, we're, we just so happen to be short a trainer. You now go from being rookie to trainer of the entire corps. <laughs> he had to have been a beat cop at some point, right? Yeah, like you would think to get that position, he would have to like be one of be really up there in like yeah he has to be an elite green lantern yeah he would have to be up there with like sinestro kind of thing yeah Hmm. i would like to see them keep sinestro off the table Mm -hmm. for a good long while i mean i'm i'm very i'm very happy that they've done it this long even though it's not really this long but it feels like it because of the number of issues but yeah we, we don't need them right now and like do the jeff johns thing of like Use them a little over here in the beginning, and then take them off the board for a few years so that he can come back and matter. I, th- I yeah, think he'll probably I think he'll probably be off the board for at least a, a year, maybe a, a, I, I don't know if it's going to be two. Uh, maybe it depends if you know, if Robert Venditti selling the book or not. You know, too. Yeah. I, I think he. I think we'll, whatever they did with him again, you'd like to give. You keep your fingers crossed that there's always that there's a plan when they do stuff, not just oh we're going to resolve this and we're going to send them off seemingly to court, but we don't know, and just we'll deal with it later on. Maybe he actually has a plan of why he you know why he took Sinestro off the board and even had why he made him do this stupid thing that he did to begin with, and not just try to explain it away two years later. But we don't know, so I I think, but I think it, he's probably going to be off the board at least in, for the rest of I think of 2017. I hope that'd be nice. Yep. I wish they would have done the uh, the Sinestro Secret Origin that Jeff Johns talked about. I'd love to see that Oh my that god, yes! Which one is this? Uh, well, after Jeff Johns did the Secret Origin arc, he, he mentioned at one point at a convention that he had plans of doing a Sinestro Secret Origin, like one-shot or mini-series of some sort. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh. Well, I mean, they kind of filled in much of what we needed to know during his run in, in a bit of the... Uh 
Flashpoint Avancer book. Well, Jeff Johns also promised us a Rage Kitty Valentine's Day special, so... Yeah, I'm still That's waiting. Right. That's right. <laughs> or, or when that came out. No. Or the, the, Wait. Yeah, the, the, crypto, the crypto fight, right? We never got that either. Well, yeah, the crypto fight between Lobo's dog and Crypto. No, yeah. Dexstar and Crypto. Oh. Yeah. I thought we were supposed to also get a Crypto Lobo's dog fight. Mate. I think we were. Hmm. Uh, what I'd like to see is when Sinestro does return, like, I don't want it to be like, oh, and Sinestro, you know, full glory, back again, let's go. What I'd like to see is, like, and I, I would I would totally, like, get, like, a mini-series of this. If they brought Sinestro back, has absolutely no memory of his prior life, and he's on some, like, backwater planet, and, like, just... Put him there and see what happens. You know, like it, maybe it's a tyrannical world, and maybe he forces an uprising. Maybe you know uh, that's probably basically it. But I still <laughs> think it would be interesting to read. I think it'd be cool. Uh, maybe I mean, yeah, I'd read that. But I, I think I'd actually like to see Sinestro be a regular villain again. Like, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, maybe he comes back and the Sinestro Corps rejects him. And, yeah, he's got knowledge and maybe he can forge his own power ring, but he can't really just go from uh, not being equipped whatsoever to just, like, balls to the wall, leader of a core, creator of a core, Sinestro. But, like, he goes and joins the Legion of Doom again. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of – that'd be cool to see again, just Sinestro as a regular villain. Hey, did they ever follow up on all of those um – Oh my god, I don't even remember what it was called, but like every book jumped ahead a bunch future of years. Zen. Yeah, future. yeah. did they ever follow up on, on any of the Future Zen stuff? Because yes. like there was like Sinestro's future and all this stuff. And yes, but but like almost immediately after, they started dropping the same hints that that would eventually happen. But hmm. since then, no. Well, they've got, they got to a certain turning point in each book, and then instead of going... To the left, they kind of went to the right to avoid. Oh, okay. But they, but yeah, okay. but they, they, they did, they did touch upon lots of elements of that. They just didn't. It just turned. It just turned out differently. Whether it was uh, in Green Lantern Corps with what? With I forget his name now. The guy who couldn't speak or whatever. Was, yeah, the little yeah, munchkin dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn to the dark side and lead to the you know the Indigo Tribe wiping out all that whatever that that. So they did touch upon that a little bit. They touched upon you know suppose you know pseudo the block. They they I see like it kind of was different when they did Green Lantern because of the fact that they kind of put they put the wheels in motion from where maybe Krona could have come back and gotten Black Hand's ring and things like that. When the actual Future's End was dealing with Krona leading the Black Lantern, so but they kind of set the stage for that potentially happening in Green Lantern more. So that was almost like almost like setting, like whetting your appetite for that to potentially happen. And then in Sinestro, they they introduced the uh, what was that group? Oh, the the Paling or uh, no, the uh, it wasn't the Paling. It was the the Bounty Hunters. Yeah, I think I, I always have trouble remembering their name, but. The ones that supposedly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he lost his hand or whatever it was that group or and yeah, yeah, that yeah. group that they did they brought those they brought those in into the Sinestro books and they kind of you know Sinestro kind of you know played games with their head to a certain extent so 
But so they all were dealt with. And again, we, we kind of raised this question at the time whether DC was doing this across the board throughout all of their books or whether there was just more of a concerted effort in the Green Lantern books to just really bring the future's end stuff you know, in so quickly to touch upon it or give you the imp- impression that this could happen, this might happen. So. Hmm. But nothing in a while. No, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a long, yeah, it's been a long time since we even saw, since we even saw Relic. It's been a while since we saw Relic now. So. Yeah. And how long is he really? Gonna... Isn't he stuck in the previous universe? No, he's, he's just he's just no. studying the Source Wall now since he got free. No, the the Relic. So Relic came. Like his backstory is he's he did the Galactus thing and he survived his way into this universe. But when they traveled to the previous universe, it was in the past, and they met Relic before he came right, here. That was the young. Yeah, oh, that was the younger Relic. Okay. <laughs> so the real question is, where is that Krona, and who is that Krona? Or when is that Krona? Yeah. Yeah. Or why is that? Yeah, Krona? that's true too. Who's that Krona? <laughs> <laughs> Lost Army had its weaknesses, and we know it did. Flashbacks, but Lost Army was a much better story than Edge of Oblivion. <laughs> a much more interesting story. There were there were a lot more interesting things that would have come out of Lost Army if it had been allowed to continue at least for six more issues than the crap that we got. And whoever and whoever was the rocket scientist that decided we're going to do a six issue mini that picks up after this six issue mini. We're not going to tell the other, the first guy that we're cutting them off at the knees. We're not going to have the first guy talk to the second guy about what what you were planning on doing, and we're not going to have any resolution to any of the plot points from the first part of the miniseries. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> whoever, whoever, whoever was the idiot who came upon that decision, they should be kicked in the balls like fifteen times in a row because that was ridiculous. What? We're not going to have the second guy read the first story. <laughs> what red and green? What red and green powered guy Gardner? <laughs> what little light smiths? What power pyramids? What? <laughs> stuff, oh God, the pyramids! Right, the relic Krona stuff alone would have been worth finding because. I was I was fascinated by the idea that it was friggin' Krona, well, a combination of Krona playing head games with Relic, which turned him against the Lightsmiths because he was clearly not really anti-Lightsmith at the time of that of that uh, storyline. I was fascinated that the kind of like you know the whole Terminator time loop thing, the idea that it was Krona along with John Stewart being a jerk and lying to the guy that 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 created that hatred for the lightsmiths which carried over when he came over into our universe even if he doesn't remember names and faces and all the events he just has this inherent hate you know this hate now for the lightsmiths because of the way Krona and the green lanterns treated him in his own universe i like that idea that there was a lot of potential there and we never got a resolution to it nice going guys (laughs) yeah do that yeah yeah do yeah Alright, anything else, or do have we shot our bolt? I like Green Lantern. It's <laughs> <was> pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 okay. I'd like to see more merchandise. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. get behind that. I was like, when was the last time we got new Green Lantern merchandise? Uh, Green Lantern rings at Burger King? Well, no, I mean like some... Decent T-shirts, some new T-shirts. Brightest day. Some freaking, some freaking figures. Yeah. Some hats. We've had a lot of cool. We've had a lot of cool new designs that really should be made into figures. Yeah. Like, like, like Parallax Sinestro. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, they they did come out with the John Stewart. The, yeah. Um, Every now and then they put out a new John Stewart figure, and it's kind of weird. They they did a uh, Funko John Stewart like yep. exclusive to Walgreens, I think, pretty recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Funko stuff is a little hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, but you had the Dorbs. Yes, they're the cool. Batman, Green Lantern. Yep, I just Lantern. saw that. I just saw that at one of the stores I visited for free comic book day the other day. I didn't even know that was out, so I took a picture of it. <clears throat> but I think the yeah, I'd, I'd like, like some film news. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tell us who Green Lantern is. Anything? Like, how about anything at all? <laughs> don't we have like three years before that movie comes out? Is it twenty twenty? Supposedly. Yeah, but real realistically, you'd expect to see. Green Lantern at some point before the 2020 movie, right? So maybe not. Casting, please. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see more. This is the problem because not so you can blame it on the you can blame it on the movie to a certain extent as far as some merchandising goes. Uh, but the reality is, with the downward spiral of Green Lantern after let's say after the peak of, of Blackest Night and then this. This decline into brightest day, and then after that, when it kind of fell off a cliff, after War of the Green Lanterns, that because of yeah, the Dark Age, what? Yeah, the Dark yeah, Age. The entering, yeah, the, that is true. Uh, and we were, and to be fair, we started entering in the Dark Age even before Jeff Johns left. It just was the better part of the Dark Age. Uh, it was still a more fun part to read overall, even though it was not Jeff Johns at his best. But until because Green Lantern had that brief moment in time that we loved when it was the golden age of Green Lantern as far as interest, merchandise, mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. that because we're so far removed from that now, I mean, we have to have another uptick in the popularity of the character or the brand as a whole. But I, I mean, it's funny. One of the, it's when you mention merchandise, it's one of the things when I look at previews, and I can't help but think of this. Almost every month when I look at previews, it's like you used to always be able to open that damn T-shirt section, and it'd always be at least one or two new Lantern shirts of some design or different core or something else. And now, I mean, you're hard-pressed if you see one Green Lantern shirt like a, a year that they feature in previews, and it usually isn't anything that's really new. <laughs> oh, uh, did they ever do the Indigo power battery? No. no. Oh, man. Yeah, that's another thing. And again, we may never – that's still – that annoys me too. It's like – yeah, you will never see that and because I mean it's like why you, you do the entire set right and I and I and let's be honest you can understand the, the borderline dilemma because in order to make it match the rest of the set you got to make it a power battery but yet they really don't yeah. use a power battery because it's supposed to be a you know it's not supposed to be the a a representation of the central power battery it's supposed to be a prop of basically a, a one-to-one scale of a real power battery you would have if you were a lantern so then you would have to make this the staff. But do something. You can't. I mean, what's the point of doing the of doing all the other cores and all not doing that one? That's the only. That's the only reason I went back and got that stupid sapphire battery, which I passed on originally, was because I figured, you know, now I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have that one battery. I'm not gonna have when they complete the set, and I'm gonna regret it just because I would want to have the complete set. Now it wasn't a crazy price, and I got it as a gift. But the point was, I wouldn't have even thought about getting it because I didn't want it to begin with. But I got it because I'm figuring at some point the Indigo Tribe staff or battery is going to come out. Like two, like it's been like two, been like probably close to two years now since they released the final battery. Yeah, other than the handles, the only ones that had any different design was Indigo and Sapphire, right? And 
Red Lanterns to a slightly lesser extent was just kind of missing that top piece. Yeah, yeah Red, Red Lanterns was different in the Sapphire. Yeah, in, in the Sinestro Corps was different, but yeah, most of the others. Yeah, the Sapphire one used to was like more stretched out in the comics, right? Like if you grab the top yeah. and the bottom, yeah. you just kind of stretched it. Well, yeah. and in some cases, it was like crystallized. Right. I was just going to say that. Yeah, it was crystallized. So yeah, when that, that would be nice. That's that's just that's again. It's like it's like if you're going to commit to re redoing the line. It's like they should have just committed to doing that one. I mean, and if and, and yeah, it's like on one level you you understand it because you were going to make people unhappy no matter what you did. If you made it like another bat to look like all the other batteries, you're technically wrong. If you make it like a staff, you're technically right. But it does throw off the potentially how you're going to display them. <laughs> but I would have rather them yes do the staff because that would have been more unique and accurate. But who knows? Maybe maybe one day, but I wouldn't bet on it. Do you think it was because of low sales of the other batteries? Uh, I think they probably could. Yeah. No. Not well, if it was low sales, then why would they have gone gone as far as they did in 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 that battery line? Well, it's because of the fact that, like, by the time they got to pink, they already had the mold. Well, you know, all you have to do is change the the design on the. But top. Sapphire was relatively early, though. It wasn't one of the last ones. Yeah, really? I, think, I think I think I think I think it might have been one of the first. Might have been one of the first four. I just passed on it because they did the yellow, did the green and the yellow. I'm trying to remember the order that they put them out in. I think it was like the green and the yellow. I think it might have been it might have been sapphire. Red. No, that's no, red. Well, I, red thought, I, I don't think red was that early on in this one. It definitely. It, I think it almost certainly was. I'm, unless you're thinking of the original Justice League Trophy Room one. That was that came. Yeah, I might be thinking of that. That came out. That came out. That came out relatively early after the Sinestro one. But I think in this line, I actually think the red one might have been the last. No, well, regardless, red definitely was not the last. But regardless, regardless of regardless of the order, they could have very easily just said, "Let's push the weird one to the end, and we'll deal with it later." And then by the time it, they got a, it was time to start thinking about it. Popularity and demand had dwindled, so they just didn't bother. Yeah. Oh, I mean, did they even plan one in the original, like that promotional thing that they had at the convention? I think they had. I think they had one of each. Yeah, but they were. Yeah, they were all just regular lantern shapes, though. And there were. It was. It was a kind of grainy, crappy picture too. It was kind of from from the side of the booth, and they were up on a shelf, all yeah. lined up. Yeah. Um, one other thing, I just because I'm looking at my shelf here. <coughs> excuse me. One other thing I'd like to see. Is Golden Age Green Lantern trades? Yes, because all you have is Volume One and Volume Two, the Archive Editions. That's it. They keep reprinting and finding new ways to publish the Silver Age crap, but the Golden Age stuff, nothing. And archives are out of print now, <laughs> so good luck finding them. <laughs> yeah, and when and they're ludicrously expensive too. It's like just yeah, make this stuff available because. The, the Green Lantern Silver Age stuff, it came – You, uh, uh, Dan, you were getting them in the Chronicles, right? The little t- trade paperback thin ones? Yeah, they're great, and they stopped after four. <laughs> yeah, and I got green, the Silver Age stuff in the Green Lantern Omnibus uh, collection. However, they just started republishing Green Lantern Silver Age stuff in another Omnibus-type collection. I know. I saw that, and it made me so angry. <laughs> So we we've we've at, within the past well at least in the time period that the the lantern cast has been on the air 
there's three different iterations, at least brand new iterations in which you can pick getting your silver age stuff. No new, no, no new golden age stuff. Yeah. Give us any golden age green lantern trades at all. And <laughs> give us one run of collecting the silver age stuff that goes past a certain point and stop restarting it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell, God. collect the Kyle Rayner run. God, Corwin does this better than DC. <laughs> hey, I put in a lot of blood, sweat, and reading. But, yeah. Maybe we don't want those then. I would definitely love to see the uh, the Golden Age Green Lantern stuff be republished in some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but otherwise, I don't have anything else. Does anybody else have anything they want to touch on before we wrap up and tell people where they can find our various stuffs? Well, you and I, you and I still have one little piece of voicemail. We, I mean, not voicemail, the listener feedback we should take care of. Oh, the email? Do I want to do that now, or does everybody want to go to bed? You and I do it. I mean, it's not. Okay, cool. Okay. Good night, guys. <laughs> that wasn't the point. It was like you guys didn't need to hang around for that at the end. That was the only point. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> it's been real. It's uh, been fun. This hasn't been real fun, right? Something like that. Um, Corwin, where can people find you, buddy? Uh, EarthMightiestPodcast.com or on Twitter at EMPcast. You can hear our podcast. I have one about the Avengers, one about the X Men, and one about Deadpool. And when you're not listening to any of those, you guys can probably hear me hanging around with you fools on the Lantern Cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you've been fooling yeah. a lot lately. <laughs> oh, but it's been yes, fun. We appreciate it. <laughs> Jim, Dan? Um, so, my, so, my three current projects are one, I do a podcast with this idiot for some reason about sliders called Sliders Cast, where we, we watch this show that's just great and we talk about it. And it comes out whenever. We can, we feel like it really. <laughs> I think we're about halfway through that series, right? Uh, we're in season no. three. No, can we be? Well, can we, we, can we, we jump just, ahead? We just hit season three, so we've got uh, we've got a bunch more. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a good time. It's 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 painful for us, but other people seem to like it. It's a good time to jump in. Yes. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, sure. Hey, why not? Project number two. You said you have three projects. I did. Oh, my God. I, it's very I'm tired. Uh, I also run a pair of YouTube channels. That I'm just going to throw out there. I know podcast audiences don't cross over all the time, but just for the hell of it. Um, I do a I kind of shifted my focus from anal, being super analytical about Green Lantern to being super analytical about anime. Because there is some really insanely good stuff out there. And I've started doing like short-ish videos about them, breaking them down and providing like video, like visual of what I'm talking about. So that channel is called Life Fiber, two words there. And just go to YouTube and type that in. And it's a series, a whole, it's a whole thing. You'll see it. It's great. I love it. The other one is a gaming channel I run with my friend Rob. It's called Epic Ghost Punch because we love stupid names. And we just, it's just like a, 
an experience of like sitting on the couch with your friends, passing the controller around as you try and make sense of a bizarre video game narrative. Uh, Castle Crashers. <laughs> we tried, man. We recorded for a couple hours, and it just it it cr- it, cr- it crashed. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> I know. I can only watch you play side scrolls. I can't play. I can't watch you play anything else. <laughs> Does that mean we can talk whatever shit we want about you as long as it's on the more modern game? <laughs> Presumably, yes. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> Uh, Jim, do you have anything else? Uh, basically, the only thing that um, that I really have right now besides Sliders Cast uh, is like I do like a, a sketch a day kind of thing, and I post that to my Instagram. Uh, and I also do some customs still, and I got some other design work, but everything goes through my Instagram. So I'm at Choanata, uh, C H O A N A T A. And uh, that's that's probably the best bet. You also Ooh. do Greatest Toy Podcast sometimes. We're in limbo. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Oh, <laughs> Not right. so much. But like, it, it's one of those things that like we have the option to do with Mark, uh, but the website is gone. So that'll be here. Yes. If it's shows up. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be temporarily hijacking the Lantern Cast space to, to post episodes. <laughs> Uh, Myron, where can they find your stuff, buddy? Um, you can find me at www.blogavoa.com. You can find the blog there and uh, the podcast of Voa. And on Twitter, you can find me in at, uh, at blogavoa, unsurprisingly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming on the show. We really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was fun. Very fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We love you, all Myron. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you brought us all together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. well good night guys we'll talk to you guys later thanks for coming oh, out wait, again wait wait i forgot to tell my my story about uh v ken marion oh okay do it what what yeah the the artist for the green lantern <laughs> hal jordan and the green lanterns like the one that just came out mm-hmm. okay yeah no he was at my uh, comic book store for a free comic book day Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Was that your yeah. story? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. There. Did you did you talk to him besides hi and bye? Eye contact? No. No, no I, I didn't. Uh, and actually, he kissed I him had full the, in the mouth. That's what he did. I had the issue in my hands. And I thought to myself, I'm like, maybe I should get him to sign it. I'm like, nah. <laughs> he thought about it and said, I'm going to take a leak. I'm going to keep going. I'm just gonna not do that. God. I didn't say it was a good story. It's not even a story. Well, that's debatable. It's like a pair of facts. (laughs) So and so was at such and such a place at such and such a time, and I also happened to be there. (laughs) Yeah. I saw someone and then did not approach them. We breathed the same air. Ever so, ever so briefly. Oh, <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good, good one, night. guys. Good night. Bye. Bye. See you guys. All right. So we got an empty house, and now it's just Mark and I. Um, but it's by no means less important. We have we did have a couple of people reach out to us 
who knew we were going to be doing this episode. So they wanted to get their thoughts in. Um, and first up, we got Laurel, who's been listening to us for a while now. So thanks for writing in, Laurel. Mark, you said you wanted to take sure, that. I'll take Laurel's. I'll leave off the first pa- the first paragraph because that's just about – or the first sentence, really, about which – giving us the option of which episode to use this in, even though it's basically about the Green Lantern Union. So that's the episode we're using it in, the most appropriate one. Uh, so her email – Begins, you know, continuity seems to have changed again as this new rebirth era gets established. For example, we recently found out Kyle's relationship with Sornik is back in continuity, but no mention is made about his relationship with Carol. Other examples, several Red Lanterns are back from the dead, and the Templar Guardians seem to have never existed. I've tried to just go with it, but the uneven continuity can be confusing and frustrating. So you said you want me to do it all as, as a whole? With hers? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my question for your discussion, how do you feel about these tweaks DC keeps making? Are they needed to streamline the title? Do they really help new readers? Is, is the writer or editorial to blame? And finally, what direction would you like to see continuity take going forward? Thanks for catching up on the current issue reviews, and I'll hope for a state of the Green Lantern Union sometime soon. Obviously, you're getting your wish on that one. <laughs> uh, let me take – you want to go first you want me to? Uh, yeah, I think we touched on the Red Lanterns, the Templar Guardians. We didn't really touch on the relationship with Carol, but it's yet another drop plot thread. Um, as far as questions, how do you feel about these tweaks DCs keep making? Are they needed to streamline the title, and do they really help new readers? Uh, is the writer or editorial to blame? Um, let, me, let me do that second to last one uh, first. Do they really help new readers? Yes and no. Um, in terms of new readers, adjusting the continuity is one thing to us. Like, let, 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 let's say the, uh, the story about, uh, the Green Lanterns being created, uh, to stop Volthoom, that, that new bit of information to us, that's new information and a retcon to a new reader that is learning more history of the Green Lantern Corps. So yes, it does help new readers and depending in what context i mean it could confuse them if it's not you know learning the history is not a set is not essential to the story kind of kind of like the uh flashbacks of john stewart's time in the military and that and the lost army made no sense at the end of it it didn't help or hurt or anything uh i mean it hurt in the fact that we were wasting pages because it never amounted to anything um so it, 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 it depends. It depends on how it's being done. It, it, I, by and large, I'd say it would help new readers because they don't know what you and I know uh, since they're new readers. And all they know is they're getting more history of this book they just started reading and seem to like. Um, are they needed to streamline the title? Well, it depends. Um, I would say with the current state of things – it's not streamlining. It's making things worse. Streamlining is meant to, you know, sand down the rough edges, right? Well, that's not really doing it. It's causing more cracks. Um, I would definitely say uh, editorial is more to blame than the writer. But at the same time, the writer should know what's going on before they even set pen to page. And the only reason I would say I blame editorial more is because – I get it. The writer can't necessarily just remember everything. I mean, just because I can or Mark can or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that they can. Um, and as Myron said earlier in the episode, we have a passion and a history with this this character and concept 
maybe even more so than the writers of this title itself. So just because we're as passionate about it doesn't mean the writer is. But at the very least, a group editor should be picking up on this stuff. So I would definitely I would lean more towards editorial being to blame than writer. But again, writer wrote the content, so they have to take some of it, of course. Uh, how do we feel about the tweaks in the first place? I think I've already said that part. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go just let me deal with the first paragraph stuff first. Uh, my take is different. I think we kind of we touched upon this a little bit in this episode. I don't think Sora's relationship with Kyle was ever retconned out. I don't think there was ever anything that indicated that it was retconned out. It's just that they, those two characters have had almost no interaction for a long time, and even what they, when even if they did have interaction since their relationship, it was always in a crisis, so they didn't have any time, any downtime. So to me, I don't think they've ever tried. I don't think they ever retconned it out because it'd be kind of crazy to retcon to bring it back. Now, again, talking about streamlining, it's like why reintroduce a plot? Why bring something back if you had gotten rid of it to begin with? Now, I mean, I guess you could make a case because just to try to justify another relationship with them, uh, another go around. But I, so I don't think that was ever out of continuity. I don't think um, yeah, the Carol the Carol thing is a mystery, and I eventually I'm, it'll probably be dealt with once Carol shows back up. I, again, the te- we've talked about this too. I don't think the Templar Guardians ever are supposed to have not existed. I just don't think they have done anything to give us the explanation for where they've gone. I eventually will have to get one. I mean, it would be more. It would be re- the ultimate, you know, example of just futility for us from a, from a fan point of view if they would just never give us. And they would never give us that or just keep it going much longer. So I would – I mean it's something that has to be dealt with. It's like it was – so I don't think they're not – I mean we could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe in their mind's eye they did kind of like do away with the Templar Guardians. But even though they reintroduced the Chamber of Shadows where both mm-hmm. was kept. So that's kind of like walking the fine line too if you're going to do – you know. but the second paragraph, I think I would dis- – I would, I would blame the writer more. Than the editor. Some things I'd blame the editor on. You know, Cost City. That's an editorial thing. Because even if Robert, you know, Robert wrote it correctly, that could have just been translated into a, you know, incorrectly or something. There's a lot of different things there. But from you know, but Robert's the writer. Robert in this case, the writer in general. But I'm looking. I'm thinking of Hal in the core just because that's the book that we've. A lot of these plot points seem to circle around lately. That you know, he knows what Cullen Bunn was working on. He knows where the the status quo of that book was so he knows the things he's got to deal with not not and again talking about streamlining and not all you need is a throwaway line about Sinest, about say walker healing Arkillo's hand you have an explanation of why Arkillo's hand is back and at the same time you're acknowledging their partnership could have been you know a very simple one one line in a book could have acknowledged the partnership and given an explanation for why Arkillo has his ring hand back but no we don't get that so so I don't. So I think I do think it's more writing than editorial when it comes to this stuff. I think editorial probably has a responsibility for if they see something that doesn't match stuff that came before, and they know it doesn't match, to bring it to the writer's attention, or maybe even depending on how their relationship works with the writers, they even say, you know, that we have these points that we haven't touched upon. Are you planning? Just out of curiosity, are, I've, you know, this is just from reading your stuff. I know this is where we left off. This hasn't been pick, picked up on. You know, is it coming? I mean, that, but that may not be really the editorial's job, or they may not feel comfortable doing that. So, but I, that's 
So that's kind of what I think about. But we did talk about a lot of Laurel's points in the actual body of this episode. So Right. Well, thanks for writing in, Laurel. We really appreciate it, honestly. It's nice to As have always, some, yes. Yeah, it's nice to have some uh, fan feedback on this ep- on this directly on this episode because as much as we, you know, you know, kind of bitch and complain about the the lack of continuity within the book and the issues and the drop plot threads and stuff like that, uh, it's it's nice to know that we're not the only ones. You know, as I as I was talking earlier about, you know, I've never read Green Lantern without also having an analytical approach to it, either in listening to or being part of a podcast. It's nice to know that just regular readers are also experiencing these issues. So that's really cool. Um, we got a message from Brian. Uh, he and his uh, his uh, title to the email is a new fan of the Lantern Cast, and this actually came in while we were recording. So we haven't yet had a chance to go through this, but it's in response. I'm assuming to a tweet we sent out uh, just that we were doing this episode. <clears throat> And he says, uh, wanted to tell you guys that I just started listening to the podcasts the last couple of shows. It's great. Uh, though it is not me talking about comics, it is someone talking comics and a character I love. And, well, that's great. I sense that you guys have issues with the current writer of The Core and the editor of the group, though. I totally get having the blanks in the narrative being a little unnerving. The status of the Green Lantern Corps and the Green Lanterns is something I'm curious to hear your views on. I can see where they are possibly setting up the Blues to be a big part of the Watchmen crossover storyline. I love how they have given almost everyone of the GLs back to the core, like Kyle. Though I would love to see more in the way of character development and less loose ends in the storytelling. I am hopeful that uh, it will continue to be a great book, though. Anything on that so far? Uh, We've touched upon the Blues. I agree the Blues are potentially being set up to be either... Either a big part of that Watchmen crossover, or certainly maybe a big part in what comes out of it. Uh, that so I think that's true, and I I do th- I'd like to see more character development too. It's probably just less. It's probably unlikely based on, on all those all those ingredients being thrown into one pot. You're kind of like you know it's hard to taste each ingredient when it gets diluted like that. I think based on the current status quo of everybody being in that one book, it's going to be hard to get that. Hmm. Uh, as far as what he said so far, um, uh, I sense he says I sense you guys have issues with the current writer, of the core, and the editor of the group. Uh, I've made I've, I, I, I classified uh, not classified I clarified a little bit my problem with the group editor uh, uh, earlier. I know that there was some sort of scandal or whatever involving Eddie Berganza fairly recently, uh, but you know as. The, the term recently, you know, when you're talking about stuff that you hear online and, you know, rumors and all that other stuff. Um, that's, that's, uh, maybe it was a, a year or two ago, who knows. Um, but my problem with Eddie Braganza is not the supposed rumored stuff that happened. It's the, the lack of follow through and what his job should, I would assume, entail. Um, and as far as the writer, I don't really have a problem with the writers specifically. It's just in so far as the stuff I already have a problem with the editor. <laughs> you know, we were just debating what we were talking about in Laurel's email about the difference, who's responsible, writer or editor. It's both, but to what extent? So, uh, yeah, I do have a problem with the writers, but not necessarily that I think they're bad for the title. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
He says, I have a question in the concept of GL. With all your collective knowledge, if you guys take part in a D&D or similar RPG game, how would you classify GL? Is he a paladin to the light of will, or is he a magic user like wizard? This is in regards to the power set mostly. The characters themselves have over the years been altered to Hal is a doer, a knight uh, in armor of green that sets the world to his will. Guy follows suit, then it shifts to John's more thinking man ways lately, and Kyle is basically a wizard. Hmm. I'm, I've never played an RPG or like D&D type game. Have you? Yeah, it's been a long time since I actually played, but I, I'm still somewhat familiar with you know the base. Based on the two choices, I probably would say a regular Green Lantern probably is more like a paladin to the light of will, as opposed to an out-and-out magic user, more like a, than a wizard. It's interesting the way you talked about Kyle. I guess, I guess Kyle, in a way, because of all, maybe because of all the different things he controls, maybe Kyle is more like more like a wizard. Um, maybe. Um, but I think I would say I definitely the analogy to Hal I think makes sense. I would see Hal more as the knight in, the, in a, you know knight in green armor and Green Lanterns in general probably as a paladin. Based on everything they overall, based on what they can do, as opposed to an out and out, uh, you know, spellcaster like a wizard. But it's similar. It's a fine line. You could probably make a case for. You could probably make a case for either way, though. I, think. Uh, I have no context for the for the for the ideas you're espousing here, but I would lean towards paladin simply because if you're going to call Green Lantern magic, you probably sh- should be talking about Alan Scott, since it actually is magic. <laughs> um. But other, again, other than that, I have no no context for what you're discussing here in terms of paladins and wizard and what those are d- defined within the roles of like a D and D style game. Um, he continues. He says, "I have loved I have loved the character since I first read it in the '80s. Though he has always been a lesser known superhero until the failed movie. He had the coolest concept in my mind: the ability to do anything he can imagine and the will to make it happen. Throw in the fact that it is space opera and all these characters can show the differences that." personality can have on how the rings and the power is used and i was totally sold thank you for reading this wall of text if you have and we have and please keep uh talking gl so i can keep listening to some great insights brian very nice thanks brian appreciate that um yeah um anything else there you want to talk about no, I think is I mean the way he describes you know not just his obviously his own background with the character but just to just summing up the character I think that is what the appeal is for to Green Lantern fans in general the idea that the thing that works or draws people in or the coolest part of the concept is the fact that you know, whatever that you can you, kind of like the way they described it almost in Emerald Twilight that you he was given this one the wondrous ring and that you that that you could pretty much that you could do. You could do anything with it as as long as you know as long as you wanted it badly enough and things like that. So that you could create and do anything that your mind can see and put it into action as long as you will to you know to make it so was strong enough. So I think that is the appeal to Hal and Green Lanterns in general. So that was nicely put. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm scrolling through feet through uh, Green through. Uh twitter right now to see if we have any responses to the actual tweet itself uh i do not see anything um so i'll just uh, go ahead and, and call it there i did have somebody respond uh to a tweet um a little while back that i had uh that i had sent out um 
let me see if I can find this here real quick. Uh, we're getting tagged in a lot of JL May stuff, so <laughs> that's why it's taking me a second to find it. Um, oh, Jesse. Uh, Jesse did say some stuff. Uh, so let me uh, – some are some – are, uh, we also had a guy named Tom He's, uh, respond with two tweets. He says – uh, he says both are amazing, top two in all of Rebirth, and he's referring to uh, Green Lanterns and Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, he says, uh, I really like it. It's in the process of rebuilding from Lost Army slash Edge of Oblivion days. Good to see them return. Um, so he's talking about the Green Lantern Corps there. Basically, just because they have Kyle and Jessica, my two favorite characters, I grew up with Kyle. I'd re- I really have grown to love Jess. So... That's Tom. Jesse says, enjoying Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps direction. Curious about Venditti's long-term story. Will we actually see some Sinestro Corps become GLs? He, he sent us a couple more tweets, but that's actually interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Well, that's based on, spoiler alert, that's kind of based on where they're, what the, in the, I assume you haven't read the Rip Hunter stuff yet? I have not. Yes, in the last issue, and the second, the issue that the most recent issue of that supposedly part of the chain of events that leads to the future where there is no Green Lantern Corps down the road is that that's what happens with with the Green Lanterns and the Yellow Lan- the Yellow Lanterns eventually just merge and they all become Green Lanterns, and that and that leads to the basically the the future that sets the wheels in motion for the. Dist- for the not only the destruction of the Sinestro Corps, but eventually the fact that there's no Green Lantern Corps anymore. Hmm. So yeah. He also says with GLs, I'm not sure if Humphreys is planning more than one arc in advance. Jessica's growth is intriguing me, still ambivalent on Simon. I want more space cop stories and less save the whole universe every month. Also, some connectivity between the two books. Not every issue, but Simon and Jessica should have a few inv- adventures with the core and have to report out on 2814 once in a while. Well, obviously now we're starting to get a little bit of that. We're starting to at least get interact. We're not getting we're not getting a pure interaction or crossover between the two titles, but we are getting crossovers as in far as the how the, the core is interacting with with Simon and Jessica, which was inevitable. I do think I do think based on everything that some of the things that he tweets and things like that, I do think Humphreys is planning it. Realistically, he's planning it several arcs in advance because we know he's already work, he's working on stuff related to Volthum. You know, the stuff are coming around issue twenty five and the and the and stuff related to Frank and things like that. So I think, so I do think he's he's working. I do well. It's, it's almost like an asterisk because it really depends on how long the arc is. Obviously, if an arc is like five or six issues, you could say, well, he's not looking beyond the, the next arc. But I kind of suspect that he is lo- working at least several arcs. He's looking down the road at least several arcs. And his last tweet says, "Love Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps." Um, he says four stars uh, most months, GLs less so. Sometimes only two stars, usually three stars. That's probably accurate. Yeah, and otherwise, I think that's just about it. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up the episode? I don't think so. I mean, there's always, as long as, as as much stuff as we covered, and as long as this was, it probably was something you know. I, you and I will probably po- both think about this after the fact. 
even if we wrote, you know, I wrote notes down, you may have written notes down too, that there's probably something we forgot to say or forgot to bring up. Uh, but I'm just very curious to see what the, you know, the whole Watchmen rebirth, New 52, Flashpoint explanation event is going to be. And I'm also curious to see how much it ties into not just Green, not just Green Lantern characters, but, you know, hopefully the Blues. But what it also means as far as whether it's going to be used as an out or whether it was designed for an out on purpose for some things, for some of the explanations of these questions that we haven't gotten answers to. Are we going to get some? You know, Are we going to find out that the emotional spectrum was being drained somehow by Dr. Manhattan to do some of the things that he did? And maybe that's why Relic's universe was destroyed and that's why our universe was being drained. But by itself, as an ex- way to explain away that's, that the spectrum normally is finite or is not finite, but because of what he was doing, he was taking more out that could be put back, and that's why it was starting to dr- eventually reach the point of being going empty. All these different things, whether it's the Guardians, there's a lot of things, like we said, it would be lazy to do that as an end-all, be-all for all the questions they haven't answered. But obviously now they kind of set things in motion, at least for the Blue Lantern, that almost has to be a factor for why the Blues weren't able to be resurrected. And, wh- and a plot point being why they were they were being singled out, why he would be afraid of the Blues, which probably relates also to what Abin Sur said in, in, in Emerald Space about how hope is needed if the universe is going to survive or whatever. So I think that's all probably related is probably all related to that. So that's probably a, re- a real plot point that was designed purposely, not necessarily just by Robert Venditti. It may well be a Jeff Johns plot point of what he wants to do in that series. But either way, I think that is directly being set up on purpose for what's going to for a payoff in the Watchmen explanation. But I'm curious to see because there's a there's a lot of room for improvement because of that because of that event to try to set things maybe on a different course. But we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, just for my own part, I feel like I've, I've, I've and I kind of mentioned this earlier, I feel like I've been, I've been largely negative. Um, there are several things, and I, and you can probably hear it in, in, in you know current issue review episodes that I'm on, where there are things I am enjoying. It's just there, there it's that overarching lack of continuity, coherency within its own title that has become a, uh, you know, a in, increasingly problematic thing for me to deal with. And it's getting harder and harder and harder for me to look past it. Um, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I can see, you know, the good stuff within it, but it's, it's, it's still getting, it's, it's still this, you know, hot searing thing behind my eyeballs as yeah. I'm, I'm reading it. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like what, what, what I, we talked about, how even when I mentioned it the first time and you picked up on it too, about when we're going through these either unresolved plot points or, or like breadcrumbs that have been laid out that, that were just laid out on purpose. Cause you know, we know the medium that we're in. We understand that it's, you know, it's episodic. We know that it's, that you know, that, you're never going to get 100% resolution to every story, every story, because it next month or next or two weeks there's going to be another story to tell with the same characters. And even when you do get resolution to this, it's going to be undone 
the next time these char- this villain or whatever comes back, you know, whatever resolution you thought you got is going to be. We understand all that. So there's there's a certain amount of how much patience do you have for these breadcrumbs that you trust that these breadcrumbs are going to lead you somewhere, and then you just keep following these breadcrumbs, and then you realize you're like 15 miles away from where you started, but you know, but you have no idea where you are. And you have no idea where you're going at this point, and that's and that's what we I think we wrestle with. Some of these things are minor, but when they're minor on their own, it's okay. When there's major ones that are overlooked constantly, then it all becomes part of a pattern. So again, the the Titan coming through the source wall, Robert Venditti did that. So you assume in his mind's eye there's something he plans on doing with that at some point, whether he ever gets to it or not. You know, depending how long he stays on this book by choice or not by choice, who knows? Maybe. That was something he was perfectly content in planning on doing something with before Rebirth came along and changed everything. And then all of a sudden, all this other stuff is thrown on his plate. And now that becomes like like D-tier material that he can't cover because he has the A, B, and C stuff he's got to deal with. But either way, how, mu- how much slack do you cut someone or as a, as a title, as a brand, with all these breadcrumbs and they're not leading anywhere or they never go back to stuff or you don't reference something – that's so blatantly obvious to people, these questions that people are going to have. So that's that's what we struggle with. And I don't think you're being necessarily any more – I mean I, I would say I'm probably more negative than you are just because I'm – I get frust- – like I, we mentioned, I get frustrated because the thing that frustrates me, frustrates me with CORE is that – and going, going back to the New 52 run is that there's a lot of setup that's really cool in Robert's stories, but the payoff has almost always never worked. And I right. say Godhead is the exception because I think Godhead actually was much ended much better than I thought. I thought Godhead, other than the story being like a month too long, it didn't need to be three months. It could have been done in two months, especially once all those rings were gathered up almost immediately. That was the only justification for keeping that going for three months if it was going to take like a month and a half or two months just to get the rings. So, But I think Godhead paid off. Almost everything hasn't really paid off in, that, in a satisfactory kind of way, and I think that's part of the problem. So – but with Green Lanterns, I don't. It's just that the stories aren't that. The, the characters aren't that interesting overall to follow, and it's not the book that I really want to be reading. I think Humphreys, considering his background, has done a really good job. I think, as we may have pointed out before, this book this book is is better is better than it has really any right to be, and any better than any better than we ever would have suspected it would be based on the concept of it when when, when they were pitching it. So it's better than it should be, but it's not necessarily better than it should be because of the characters, as Myron pointed out, and we pointed out before. The most interesting characters that have been ongoing in that book are not Simon and Jessica. It's been Volthoom, it's been Raimi, it's been Frank, and then and then Jessica. So when you take so that's the problem. You, if, if the main characters aren't drawing you to the book, or they are, are, are they if they're not the most interesting characters in the book, it's kind of a problem. Yeah. Uh, before I say, what I was going to say, are, are we? Are you still recording, right? Oh yes. Okay, good. Just making sure. Um, so, I, just while you were talking, I was listening, but I was also pulling up Twitter real quick uh, because I had mentioned that Sam Humphrey's reply, sarcastic reply, or whatever. This was way back in September on September twenty seventh of last year. I said Sam Humphreys and Robert Venditti, where are the Templar Guardians? And I used a couple of different hashtags like Green Lantern, DC Comics, stuff like that. And I, 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 now that I see this tweet, I think I've mentioned it on the air before, uh, yeah, after after we got it. He says, vacationing in Palm Springs, the desert air is good for their upper respiratory problems. 
that's all we've ever gotten from either Sam Humphreys or Robert Venditti on where the hell the Templar Guardians are. So it's kind of more surprising that Robert didn't say anything because Robert's usually pretty quick at responding, and he's and he's been really he's, he's usually very polite and very uh, and very responsive when we actually message him directly. Yes, uh, I will say that uh, Robert Venditti is um, is a good guy and has always uh, been very responsive to us. So that's that's very and, and our fans because he's uh, he's responded. You know, there have been times when. Our fans will like uh, the the fans of the listeners will will tweet something and they'll tweet us and they'll tweet Robert and Robert will actually reply to them too. So he's not just you know podcasts or whatever, but he's also replying to the fans on Twitter. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Be quiet. Uh, by the way, I also just for those out there, I uh, I got in a hold of DC Comics fairly recently uh in an in an effort to do something else but i did uh like uh, i was trying to get a hold of um keith giffen for the uh for the ragman blog because not for lore please (laughs) (laughs) no uh yeah i was trying to get i was trying to get a hold of keith giffen for the ragman blog because i i've got pat pat broderick is a is a internet friend of mine and uh, and that was you know he's he's been helping me out and stuff but I I have no idea how to reach Keith, um, but I finally wrote DC Comics at an email that is evidently the right email to request such things for. So maybe in the future we'll have uh, more interviews because Robert Venditti has always done. said he's willing to come on our show. It's just that he always wants to make sure it's done officially. And it was difficult for us to get a hold of DC. So now I've got a uh, a uh, pathway to contact someone officially at DC. So maybe uh, that'll be coming up at some point in the future. Maybe we can take advantage of that. Maybe you have Robert on himself. And, you know, honestly, I, as long as he's cool with it, I have no problem putting some of these hard questions to him. Dude, where are, where are the Templar Guardians? You created them, didn't you? <laughs> Actually, no. Jeff Johns no, created. No, Jeff Johns. Well, whatever. I just mean like. I know what you mean. He inher- he inherited that. He inherited them pretty quickly, and at the very least, with the questions, it's not like he needs to give. It's not like we're looking for like these exclusives that he has to give us stuff. It would yeah. just be nice. It would just be nice if a we can get an answer whether these questions are going to be. We're going to get an answer, and whether we're going we're going to get an answer somewhere like let's say in a, in a, some kind of time frame we're going to get an answer, not like. Uh, maybe eventually sometime. It's like, are we going to get an answer before the rebirth event that explains what ha- everything that happened with the Watchmen? Are we get- it doesn't even have to be an answer we like. Like, right. Let's Correct. just, if the answer is they no longer exist, tell us they no longer exist. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be very happy about it, but it's an answer. I'm, I'm going to want to know, well, how is it that they no longer exist? What has changed? I'd like to, you know, I would have follow up. But I'd be happy that I had an answer. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. But anyways, um, that's going to do it for this episode, I assume. Mark, do you want to tell people where they can find us? If I'm, I'm still here, yeah. I think I can do that. <laughs> Lanterncast at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to contact us along with our voicemail, 708-LANTERN. Let us know what you think about this episode, what you would like to hear in future episodes, and just – Pretty much overall feedback on the show. 
website, lanterncast.com, latest episodes, ringcyclopedia episodes, blogs, movie reviews, everything is there for us. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, we are on those, both of those, hashtag GLCast you can use to find us. And finally, iTunes and Stitcher on both, so whichever platform or both if you listen to us on both, but whatever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And I think that's going to be it, and it's we're going to have a well-deserved rest after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, well, I hope it came out co- coherently. <laughs> Once you guys hear the finished product after I'm done editing this monster. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, I don't think it quite went the way I would have envisioned it, which isn't surprising because very little in life goes the way you envision it, but I think it was really good. I think yeah. it was good. Absolutely. Uh, and guys, feel free. Seriously, we got we got Brian. We got uh, uh, Laurel. You, obviously, if you didn't get your, your thoughts in uh, in time for this episode, that's totally fine. Shoot us an email. Like I said, it's really, really good to know that we're not alone in some of these thoughts. And if you don't agree with some of our thoughts, even better, because I'd love to hear an opposing viewpoint. You know, you don't have to tell us uh, you guys are shitheads and I, I disagree with you so much I'm no longer going to listen to your show. I'd love to hear why your viewpoint is different and what you feel about these things and if you care as much about, you know, the Templar Guardians or whatever. Like, just tell us what you're thinking. Honestly, I'd love to hear the opposing viewpoint and I'd love to hear the uh, the people who do agree and why you agree if you agree for a different reason and so on and so forth. So seriously, lanterncast at gmail.com or 708lantern. Seriously. Very nicely put. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.